there was a young man from Devizes whose bollocks were two different sizes. One weighed a pound and dragged on the ground and the other's as big as a flies is. <laughs> <laughs> but do your balls hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? No, they don't, darling. Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. <laughs> At the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California, hey. and it's actually sunny. And it's actually California. Yeah. <laughs> that is from my, that is said with a bit of aggression. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's the first time Henry got it right out of the box. Practicing <laughs> in the no, honestly, Henry. Unprompted. He he's on a high right now. Henry is on a natural high. Yeah, he's elevated. I'm sure we'll get that. You know what, Henry? Since you're still on a roll, why don't you introduce everyone tonight? Oh, All right. an extra step. Let's see. Sitting in the chair right across from me and giving me direct eye contact in a very creepy way is Liza. <laughs> What's up, my wig wax? And then the second best-looking ginger in existence is Bagel. Kiss a ginger, 25 uh, cents. I'll, I'll take second. Thank you. <laughs> and then what is it? I'm not going to say Zog number one. It's Knock. <laughs> Someday somebody's going to turn around and make you cry. <laughs> Till then, baby. <laughs> I'm trying to read the lyrics. Is that Taylor, <laughs> is that Taylor Day? No, How no. dare you say that? How no. dare you? And then that's, another that's fucking Wilson Phillips, man. <laughs> Same thing, isn't it? It's a, it's a classic. It's vaguely in there. In yes, the, okay, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's there. I remember the, the video they were walking around in a very yeah. sort of strutty kind of it's way. It's very 90s. Yelling at the camera. That video, their haircuts... Their outfits. Hey, knock, their knock. Poses. No, no one gives a shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and two knocks left you're is gonna, the always lovely Miss Emma. Oh, give it the beans, darling. Give it the beans. Indeed. Yeah. And to her left is the equally lovely Micah. Yo, yo, wiki, wiki. And finally, coming at the very end <laughs> is Naked Jam. <laughs> right. Hey, this is a shout out to PT Boat 658 in Portland. Uh. Emma, you'll love this. It's one of two remaining World War II PT boats. Oh, fantastic. Torpedo boats. It's a 79-foot mahogany hull beast Ooh. with three supercharged V12s. But it's a listener from up in Portland, so shout oh, out. Oh, right on. Yeah, two of them, they were storm. You know, the, the biggest problem that the PT boats had was Consistently, they were always looking for fuel. What a surprise! Because they were looking for trouble. Because, well, no, they needed. They just <laughs> well, yeah, three supercharged V12s. Yeah. yeah. So I just want to say thank you, Henry. You did a great job. You <laughs> forgot to introduce yourself. Oh, oh, it's just me. Whatever. There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Henry, you are on a bit of a high. Yes, I am. Um, he is not we, on drugs. Hi. You know, we might as well just get to what we've been <laughs> working the on. There's so mu- there's so much going on. It's high on bikes. But um, I'd say the biggest triumph of the oh month, maybe year. Yes. Really? It's not I, a triumph. <laughs> it, no, it's not a triumph. <laughs> if it was, we wouldn't have had this problem. Yes. Um, the jugs on these go this way. <laughs> this way. <laughs> so, Henry, tell us what happened today. I finally got my Moto Guzzi fixed. I got it all back together after six, seven months of it not running. I finally put it all back together and I took it for a little test ride down the road and everything felt great. With no nice. pipes? Nice. Yeah, with, with no, no pipes. Mufflers. That thing God. is loud. That yep. thing sounds, sounds like, pretty dope though. Sounds like thunder going down the road. Yeah. <laughs> so, is this your first engine rebuild? Uh, no, it's not actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
because it's always memorable. So let's go back and tell us what happened to it that you had to pull the engine. Well, and can you state which model it is? It is a Moto Guzzi V11 Le Mans Rosa Corsa edition. I believe it is probably one of 200 imported to North America. The only difference between it and the regular Le Mans is that it has Olin suspension front and back. So it's it's pretty nice. It's relatively it, rare, too, I it's guess. It's a right? nice-looking yeah, really bike. It, it is a nice-looking bike. So, what happened to the engine? I was running into an issue where I w- it was shifting incredibly difficultly. It was very hard to shift, and when I pulled in the clutch, it wouldn't fully disengage. Mm-hmm. So it would still creep forward a little bit. I could keep it back, but it was definitely an issue. And so, unfortunately, it's a dry-clutch motorcycle trans- transversally mounted, so like a car, so the clutch is in the back of the engine case made it to the transmission so you have to drop the whole motor or the transmission to gain access to the clutch actually it seems like on this bike the motor stays there you just lift the frame yeah but you can (laughs) you can do that so you had to tear it apart and this is you had it completely torn apart yeah you went to a bottom end yeah i i took the whole thing apart basically to getting access to the clutch and i found my issue with the clutch plates which were absolutely disintegrated there was no material left yeah, on were, them all things were toasted. and the yeah the rivets were gone on a few of them Oof. one of them was actually falling apart and Yikes. all the metal was just glazed and blue so it was a mess so on this engine you really have to take it uh, the case apart to get to the clutch well i not really, but oh, okay. But you did. You had to go through everything to figure out what was wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew I knew it was an issue with the transmission, but I figured you know if I'm going this deep into the bike, I might as well take out the whole motor and kind of give it a little refresh or whatever, since it has about forty five thousand miles on it uh, at this point. Perfect. So, what else did you do to the engine while you had it apart? So while it was apart, I cleaned up the cylinder. The piston heads and the cylinder heads of all the carbon buildup and corrosion. I cleaned up the valves, relapped them, and I installed Omega Cycle 620X9 cam in it. Nothing too aggressive, not like a full-on race bike uh, cam, but just something that gives you a little bit more mid-range and torque. Uh, better, yeah, a lot better for the street. And I new gaskets, new uh, new piston rings, all that kind of stuff in addition to, obviously, the new clutch plates. And this was quite a big project. I mean, you had it apart for a while. Yeah, I was sitting on your bench for about three months. Sorry about that. That's okay. As long as uh, it's being worked on every week, I am more than happy. Mm -hmm. So what was the biggest challenge for you on this engine? Biggest challenge? It was probably... Honestly, cleaning, just cleaning the stuff, all the corrosion and whatnot from the piston heads and the valves because it has spherical, uh, it has domed piston heads. So it's not like, it's not flat. It's harder to get the uh, corrosion off and you have to be careful not to dig in uh, too deep and also gain off all the gaskets. It's just a massive pain in the ass. But the Motor Guzzi motor is just super simple and easy to run because I have the old two valve big block model. So it's still a two valve pushrod motor and like to oh, adjust, nice. yeah to adjust the valves is just rocker arms like i didn't have to worry about timing with the chain or anything like that i just installed the pushrods made sure the cam the single cam shaft was in it and it was just easy to put together and you put a hot cam in that thing didn't you didn't mm-hmm. you put a mega cycle cam in it i did yep 
So you brought the bike here today assembled, but you had not yet started it? I had started it. You had, and what mm-hmm. happened? It started right up with no choke or anything like that. Even though it's a fuel-injected bike, it's one of those weird ones where it has like a little choke lever that yeah. you can pull yeah. to really? warm it up. All it, it, well, no, it actually no. It doesn't affect the mixture at all, but what it does is a ramp, and it gets the idle up. Okay. So you, oh, fast idle. It, yeah, it's, it's a fast idle only, but the, the fuel injection will take care of the mixture. So you had it started. Started, mm-hmm. but there was started. an issue, right? Yep, it would not get into gear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Whoa, that mm. feeling like have we, we've all been mm. there where you like spend months working Wait, on something, then you so go this to, bike was fully like, ah. as, sorry, this was fully assembled and yeah. was ready to roll, and it wouldn't get into gear. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Oh, I pulled in the, I would, it has a hydraulic clutch. I pull it in, and yeah. there's no pressure at all. Okay. It doesn't because it's a dry clutch. When you pull in the clutch, you can hear the rattling mm-hmm. in it. You know, like a or something like that mm-hmm. and when I pulled it and I didn't hear it so rather than try and force it into gear I just knew that something was up so yeah. hence I took it to the garage today to try and figure out what was up and what was up so there is a pre- when you pull in the push rod it engages a, or when you pull in the clutch it engages a push rod mm-hmm. that pushes on a pressure plate that then applies pressure to the whole clutch assembly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what had happened is that the little plate the little button had fallen off probably probably when i was doing the sem when i was mating the engine to the transmission uh initially like i tried bleeding through the clutch line before and there was nowhere it was totally fine right and with emma's help we just kind of went through one thing at a time first we looked at the uh, slave cylinder on the rear end of the bike and that looked fine and emma determined that it was because the clutch the push rod was extended all the way and it wasn't engaging anything i've had that on one of my bikes where there was a little ball bearing and if you forgot the ball bearing you know yeah yeah it'll get you Mm -hmm. so um and Henry, he got stuck in because we didn't we didn't want to pull the engine out again. So the engine stayed in, and um, back wheel came out, swing arm came out, mm-hmm. lower yeah, subframe came not out. Not an easy task. D- Actually, he it was dug in from the back. This it, thing was on a milk crate. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at that, going, "Oh my god, what?" Because well, he had to take the wheel off. Yeah, we have everything. a lift. Mm-hmm. We have a lift. But you know what? Sometimes the mill crates work perfect because it, oh, yeah. it yeah, lives five, in the center and it's yeah, stable. Yeah, 550 pounds it's on top of It's a 550 pound mill crate. I saw the thing starting to collapse. <laughs> oh, but the top can collapse. It's fine. The fine. outer the side was coming. You didn't, you didn't see what you. I'm seeing. Mill crates are actually, no, I like them. No, nobody sees what you see, darling. This is true. Nobody this, this sees true. the world <laughs> through Nock's eyes. Because I am Nock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm saying, man, you put all that work into uh, that bike and to have like a two dollar milk crate just ruin your you know you know what hold on my also it's plastic so it's not going to mess up the the bottom of the bike okay that's some plug on that thing is like a bash guard basically I don't know why you're hating on crates so much. Right. I'm, I'm j- not hating on crates. I'm hating crates for this particular application, which I believe is inappropriate. I've, I've just had a thought. So recently, and I, I confess I haven't seen it because it's not really my bag. Was there a film called The Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes, and there's, mm-hmm. one of the characters is a tree, and all he says is, I am Groot. Yes. yes. Yeah. So from this point forward, I think 
all you should do is just say I am knock and that's it <laughs> and we can judge we do that. no we can judge your mood depending on how you say it <laughs> yeah. so it's just like contextual with the yeah it's all contextual based on inflection and mood yeah yes. when you're pulling a stoppy into the garage I am knock <laughs> <laughs> what if I'm taking a shit I am knock <laughs> we went there so you went sorry. You, sorry guys you did it where you just I tore down you tore everything apart I you got in there the whole ass end of the bike out Yep. Mm-hmm. He did. But He's an ass. He loves tearing into that ass end. Uh, <laughs> but the it's just still it's really easy to just take off all the bolts and stuff like that. Yeah. Like the swing arm literally had maybe two bolts right. or no three bolts because one of them attaches to the rear shock. You just undo all those and it comes out. Cool. It's just cool. easy. It, it's easier when you have a milk crate nearby. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> sure. The major yeah. difference between a motor guzzi. And the other Italian V-twin. <laughs> a Modiguzzi is actually designed and has been designed from day one to be taken apart with the simplest of hand tools. Mm-hmm. Because the big business to Guzzi has always been the military market and the police market. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if, if you're yeah. aiming for those markets, if you've got to buy thousands of dollars worth of specialty tools to pull the bikes down, it doesn't make any sense. You're so, going to get yeah. something else. So it's the uh, it, it's the Citroen of motorcycles. Absolutely, it 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 comes apart like a Meccano kit. Oh, sorry, Americans, an Erector set. There um, you go. I mean, I can carry. I can probably carry all the tools to disassemble this bike with me without right. it taking too much space. And That's it's not cool. a. It's a simple bike, but it's not. It's a sophisticated bike to ride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got all the right gear, but you need very, very few special tools to do it. The irony is with Henry's bike is the things that make it special, the Olins, are probably the only things on the bike where you need special tools to do it. (laughs) So you got it all back together. I did. And without much fanfare, you just started it up. Mm Mm-hmm. And it sounded wonderful. (laughs) And you you kind of got that that look on your face. You were trying to act cool, but you also (laughs) had this smile just kept creeping up. The smile kept creeping up. Like, you didn't want to smile like an idiot. (laughs) You're trying to be cool. But then you're, like, trying to be calm, get it all together. I'm just going to take a test ride. Henry, you know I love you, but I'm going to ding you. (laughs) And you know why I'm going to ding you. Did he put his tools away before you rode it? No. So what what Henry did is we couldn't get this thing running particular particularly well oh they're messing with my oh my <laughs> microphone's being messed with no there stop you. touching emma so there i like you. it Never. though I, <laughs> ah, you can say no i don't want to say no <laughs> she's standing on it like you're trying to move it and she's standing on it. get off so, the mic stand <laughs> <laughs> all right you, you happy you. now yes flipping heck all right go ahead so I determined that the fuel injector, the throttle body on the right-hand side, was not pushed fully home in <laughs> the rubber that goes on ah. the back of the cylinder head. Ah. So I undid it, strained everything out, pushed it back in. Henry, is the <laughs> throttle body on the left-hand side pushed fully home? And Henry just, oh, yes. <laughs> and it wasn't the right answer, was it, It was Henry? not. Check your no. work. The idle was way too high So off he that. goes again, and he comes back, and the bike is idling at about 4,000 revs. And I have a look, and the throttle body is completely off the rubber, and it's sucking just 
everything into the engine. I mean, it's like a black hole. I saw awesome. bugs going in there and small children being sucked in. So um, well, when you said yes, well, Henry... Then. No, I was scaring away the small children yes. with how so, loud it was. So when you actually said yes, you actually meant the opposite. I did. It, was, it was obviously opposite day. Because he said yes, it was pushed fully home, but the answer was really no, it wasn't. Yeah. But I tell you what, it sounds remarkably good, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I put on... I The Moto Guzzi's, they have a weird crossover pipe mm-hmm. on them that has a tendency to leak, so I got rid of that, and I put on a set of straight Mistral pipes, uh, and, uh, and it has a Mistral crossover, and I actually have stain-tuned exhaust pipes from a Moto Guzzi Daytona that just so happened to absolutely fit on the V11 Le Mans. I'll listen to you. And <laughs> I just got me a new Mistral pipe, stain-tuned <laughs> Mm-hmm. The stain tunes are the best sounding pipes I've ever heard on any bike. It sounds like uh, you're reborn a little bit, man. <laughs> Hanging I out think, with ding dongs, huh? What I, do you think? I think the one, the stain tunes, they kind of made the name with Triumph, and I, I want to say they're made in Australia. They are. <laughs> Good eye, mate. Yeah, I first had stain tunes on a Transalp of mine. Right, but they're great pipes and beautiful, absolutely beautifully God, made. They are. So I want to know how did it feel when you went and did your test ride and you got to ride it down the street? How did that feel? <laughs> it was just wonderful. I mean, I was also looking for, I was also shifting around since that was my main concern. But that was that was where my mind was at. But it was just it felt. It felt great. Like this is this is my bike. Like I saw, you know, I have the ST thirteen hundred. I have the Aprilia. I've had the VFR. Like I'll say it. Like the VFR eight hundred, the fifth gen is the best bike I've ever owned. But the Moto Guzzi is my favorite bike I've owned so far. Well, good for you, man. That's my thing. They get under your skin. They really, really do. It's it's very, very hard to find a more characterful bike. Oh, it's got character. Yeah. It it's, really has. And I mean, it, it, it's... Having lived with mine for, gosh, a few years now, a couple of years longer than you. I think about two years now. It's... Um, there's very little downside to it. It's, it's, it's all upside. I mean, it's just so full <coughs> of character. I absolutely love mine. I couldn't imagine life without it. And... It, it is a, it is a reliable bike. It's oh, yeah. super simple. Like you can adjust the valves in literally thirty minutes. Right on, moto, on a Moto Guzzi. I don't even have to do mine. I have hydraulic lifters. Ah. Ah. and it, it's super easy to work on. It's just a great, wonderful bike. Like the whole rumors, right? Of, you know, Ita- you know the whole Italian shit kind of thing. Yeah, I guess it applies to some stuff. I mean, every, every stereotype exists for a reason, I guess. But the, the Moto Guzzi is just it's a wonderful bike, and mine in particular is just so hot and awesome. He, really? He's a young man in love. He's a young man. He's fallen in love with an Italian <laughs> yes, supermodel. Yes, yes. Well, congratulations. Thank it's you. so great too that um, you know you did the work and you took the time and you did everything right. You didn't take any shortcuts and then to have that payoff is really awesome. Mm-hmm. And hopefully in about a week and a half I'll be riding out to AMA Vintage Days. Yeah, buddy. Do that shit. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, Micah, yes. you did something recently. I did. I mentioned last week on the podcast that I was going to take the new advanced road rider class. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about my experience with taking Beyond the Basics versus Advanced Street Challenge. And this is oh, Z2? So this is the Z2 Track right. Days uh, road rider class. And so I did the, I think I was at the first Advanced Street Challenge one, okay. which felt really cool because I've done three of the road rider uh, Beyond the Basics. And th- that's like how I learned to ride 
almost. I oh. blame them for <laughs> continuing to ride when I was scared at the very beginning and everything <laughs> that I've done since then because of it. So, like, oh, so that's what those photos were uh, on social media. Then. Yes. Okay, I didn't realize that was... Okay, cool. And, you know, I just love it, too, that she's so into taking classes. We all should be. Sure. I, I'll be honest. I don't know if my ego can handle it. Oh, I'm such a teacher's <laughs> pet. Whenever they tell me I'm doing a good job, I'm like, yes, I do it. <laughs> I can do freak. it. Yeah, exactly. I think it's great. So, how was how was the difference? What was the difference? It was awesome. Um, so, with Beyond the Basics, um, it's basically if MSF or, I guess, CSM, CMSP is telling you how to operate the vehicle, um, Beyond the Basics teaches you how to ride. Um, and Advanced Street Challenge is the next logical step up from that. Um, so, especially if you're a little worried about doing a track day, but you've been riding on the street for a while, this is kind of the perfect class for you if you understand basics of, like, you could comfortably in a panic situation uh, start to break but you want a little more practice or if you can do some of the basic stuff that you think that you're a good street rider um, but you want to be a really good street rider um, advanced street challenges for you so not for beginners you're going to need a good fundamental knowledge of street riding techniques to get the most out of this course, correct? If you've, yes. If you've done a C-group or are at the point where you think you could do a C-group um, and be comfortable doing it, but you're a little scared to do it, um, Advanced Street Challenge is a great way to get on the track a little bit and get some one-on-one um, teaching. My fa- favorite thing about taking classes is that when I did my C-group, um, I just had fun all day on the track and that was mm-hmm. awesome, mm-hmm. but I didn't ask for any help. I have problems with asking for help with um, classes like this you're forced to get it there's nothing you can do the instructors are there with you all day they're working with you and then there's someone watching you all day who can say hey you were doing this a little better earlier are you tired can or do you need some water or anything yeah. or hey you were doing this worse earlier you're doing really great now look at that progress um, and that's really cool what's the ratio of student to uh, instructor when you were there every time I've taken road rider it's one to one at least <clears throat> dude that's amazing uh, yeah wow. absolutely and so that versus a normal track day there's like what 10 to 1 on a good day yeah. on a normal track day oh probably more than yeah yeah know. like that's like basically you're getting private lessons almost absolutely yeah um and so one of the cool things a couple of the things i learned um i had a little tiny bit experience with trail breaking that's something that i started to work on and in the last beyond the basics course that i took there's a whole section on trail breaking um and that was really cool to really get comfortable with it because it's something that has always scared me i've always like at the beginning you're taught um the rules and then like being an advanced rider you learn how to break them properly um and so that's what trail breaking feels like i was always like oh no i can't pull touch the brakes in a corner what are you doing that's gonna like make you crash but trail uh learning to trail break in a safe way where i have people saying like hey you need to do this like slight like slight change and that'll fix some of the problems that you're feeling that's really cool um i was also i I was also a little more advanced um, than some of the other students, so they had me working on some stuff. Like, I got to learn a little bit about clutchless shifting, and (laughs) last time I um, was there, I learned a little bit about clutchless upshifting, so they were starting to teach me clutchless downshifting. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they can really, like, see where you're at and gauge that, and then work with you to (coughs) what you want to work on. I really wanted to work on body positioning, so when we did some of the Gymkhana stuff, that was the perfect place to practice that. Um, That was also the first time I've done some of 
the Gymkhana stuff, which was so much fun. I've always like seen stuff and been like, that looks awesome. I should like just go to a parking lot with some cones and try some of that. YouTube videos will get you, man. Yeah, it looks awesome. And then I tried it and it was awesome and it was harder than I thought it was. Yeah. Um, Which is cool. It's cool to have those experiences and be like, oh shit, I can do that now. And that was really hard at first, but now I look like I'm doing it and it looks easy. Yeah. Um, And so there were some times where they would like call me in after I'd done like one little round around the cones and they would like say, Hey, I tried this. But towards the end, they were just kind of letting me go and go and go until they were like, Oh, I was wondering when you'd get tired, like just doing that. Cause I was just getting to practice the same corner, the same corner, the same corner. Um, another really cool thing that we, so you get a little bit of track time. It's lead track time. Um, but we got to go on track and on at Sonoma Raceway and practice turn seven and only turn seven. Mm-hmm. So we rode out there. Um, that's the double apex. Um, we rode out there and we all followed the instructor and then we all stopped on track and got to just take or watch someone take turn seven, follow them take turn seven. And then we were told, hey, go through this uh, cut through and then go do it again. Go do it again. Go do it again. So we got to practice just specifically Mm. turn seven. Stopping on track is not something you get to do in a positive situation. I've done it last time when my bike broke down, but I sold that one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it's cool to like get that experience, and that's not Uh, something that you're going to get at a track day. So uh, this whole thing too, are they telling you to where to look exactly where you're? Oh, absolutely. Like I know there's a whole lot going on Mm. with your eyes involved. I mean, it's just more than just taking a turn, right? It's like the way your eyes move, the way your heads turn, all this. Absolutely. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, One misconception about the classes is that you're just riding all day and that can be super, super tiring. You are riding all day, but there's a lot of classroom time too, where they're making sure that you're sitting down, you're drinking water and you're learning stuff. So you're working your brain too, Mm -hmm. um, where you sit down and there's like, hey, you can practice this outside in a few minutes, but look, this is the theory behind what we're teaching you and why we're teaching it to you. That's awesome. Which is cool. Micah, do you think you have the skills now? that you could set up a test wouldn't it be fun for us all to like go to a parking lot and have micah set up like cones and stuff (laughs) and do tests i'm super down teaching other people helps solidify the oh i didn't say you could teach us well no but i'm kidding no but i would it would be curious to see because i think a lot of these exercises you're learning we might be able to learn our weak weak spots absolutely they're really really cool um i also wanted to mention uh venom sport the mm-hmm. cooling base layers Aliki she's lovely she's one of the instructors so I got to oh, work cool. with her all day um, but also like most of us ended up wearing our Venom sports there was one person who was not wearing Venom sports by the end of the day and there was the instructors and me wearing Venom sports at the beginning of the day it these, was these are really hot sh- shirts and uh, does she have the pants too yeah yes and yeah so it keeps you cool underneath your leathers it's vnm yes they're really awesome i totally think that everyone should have them i thought that they were a little steep price wise compared to like the cycle gear ones when Mm -hmm. i first um was thinking about getting them but then i just i bit the bullet and got one and wow they are so fantastic they are so worth it yeah good gear is a nice long-term purchase it was 95 and we were doing circles in the parking lot um in all of our gear with the hot engines um basically we were getting off the getting off doing circles or whatever um and people were spraying us down with water it was so hot and all of us were Uh, overheating the venom sports were a huge part of us being um comfortable oh this was like last week during the heat wave yes this was monday yeah sorry to interrupt there yeah no worries 
yeah it was and, awesome and what does the vnm gear cost or what did it cost you um i think that they're 95 each for pants and oh, yeah. bottoms somewhere around that price point oh yeah that's i mean it's it's expensive but it ain't bad i mean i'm a student so that's really right. expensive for me so it took me a couple weeks of saving to do that but i'm so glad i did i'd had a bunch of friends saying like oh yeah they're great they they're amazing especially for dirt biking and all the hot stuff um but i just wear mine on hot days sometimes they're amazing and just shout out to z2 track days uh you can find them at z2 track days z number two trackdays.com looks like they've got uh, an event coming up oh next weekend at thunder hill yes yeah. um i actually had a question for emma because of the class though yeah. one thing that i was being taught was um sometimes you're leaning on the inside of the bike yes. um so that the bike is staying up and your right. body is moving off of it yes. but they were also teaching me in slower situations to go on top of the bike and leaning the bike over yeah, kind of like I mean, you're dirt yeah. biking that's that's kind of like more the police style if it it really depends on the situation there's so many different factors if you are let's think of an example if you're leaning the bike down and you're staying upright, the advantage is you've got better visibility because you're mm. higher. Um, for a novice rider, it's actually it's a lot easier to consider that. You'll find that novice riders, especially when they're on the track, they're going to lean the bike over more than they are because it's just that <coughs> whole getting yourself off the bike that's really kind of uncomfortable to start with but there is very much a place for it at lower speed if we, do you remember when we were at um motor bay classic last year and we were watching the police mm-hmm. yeah or that is the technique they use oh yeah they, they sit up the bike right down and push the bike because it's low speed because it's mm-hmm. all low speed you you don't really want to do that at high speed so what's the threshold when what are the situations in which you're using that is it just low speed or is yeah. it generally like, it's, well, it's low speed because you're not yeah. dealing with okay. velocity the, like the thrush line i heard was about 30 miles an hour yeah so I you, think, okay. un, 30 miles an hour and under you want to do where you're sitting upright and you're pushing the bike down how about in you, different you can it's traction. a technique yeah and remember if you're pushing the bike down more than you here's the disadvantage you want to be very very careful when traction's low Mm-hmm. Because you get yourself into a false sense of security. You're sitting upright, so you think, I'm not really pushing the bike hard, but you're pushing the bike down hard. Mm-hmm. So the, the bike is leaning over more than you. You're on the sidewall of the tyre. And in a low-grip situation, your bike could wash out quite easily. So, you know, you've, you've, you've got to offset that with a, with a better visibility, and the, it's easier so to do that. If I'm going um, down a... Sorry, knock. Um, no, if I'm going down, like, a country road and suddenly it's dirt and I'm going around a couple of the corners, it's lower speed. Am I doing that, pretending it's a dirt bike, or am I... I think it depends it where you want. I your think weight. at lower oh, wait, yes, speed, yes, on yeah. low, low traction, yes. Okay, that's when you switch over. Yeah, okay. I think L- at lower speed <clears throat> you're going to do better using that technique because you will have a little the, more control over the bike. The idea is when you're dropping the bike to your knee and you're on the outside of the bike, you are above the bike and your uh, the weight of you is more directly in line with the tires. It's going downwards where mm-hmm. yours inside. Um, but the gyroscopic effect is not as much, so this is why it's at low speed. It's good and right. high speed. It's well, I mean that's part of it as well, but it's also it's also it's got to do where you want to right. put your weight because I can do that on my motor going fast and slow depending on what turn I'm taking. Yeah. Right. So cool. Well, thank you. 
I'm going to work on that. I wanted to talk a little bit about the other extreme where you're hanging off the bike because not a lot of people know this this was known for a long long time this was known as the american style of riding a bike Hmm. and if you go back to the 70s the traditional style the british style of riding a bike is you you can draw a line Hmm. through the rider and the bike and you keep yourself in tight one of our greatest motorcycle racers mike halewood and um john surtees was another one Hmm. They were just beautiful to watch because they never changed position on the bike. They tucked themselves in, and that's how you took the corner. And that was the British start. Well, along come these young whippersnapper Americans. Kenny Roberts. They're Mm -hmm. hanging off the Mm -hmm. bike, and it's like, hang on. But you've got to remember that bikes didn't actually handle that well back then. So... You were you were kind of almost limited by well, the traction of the bike. I'm thinking the rubber changed too, and that right, people exactly. don't realize how much rubber compounds have changed and how that's affected. Everything. These days, yeah. the bikes have so much more traction and so much mm-hmm. quicker. You have to hang off them to get round a track mm-hmm. at highway speeds because the bikes on the deck. The bike's not going to be able to lean over anymore. And on top of that, the rider's off the side of it. So it's just speeds have increased so much. Mm. But if any of you really want to treat, go back, Google some pictures of Mike Halewood from back in the 60s or John Surtees. It's, and you can see they're absolutely cranked over. But when you turn the picture so they're upright, you can see there's absolutely straight line of the bike. And that was the English style. Keep your knees in tight. Grip the fuel tank, tuck your elbows in, just make your, make your front profile as small as possible. That way you're maximizing, because you only probably had about 80 or 90 horsepower back then, even on a GP bike. So you need to really make your frontal area as small as possible so you can you can move. Cool. So, Micah, mm-hmm. what's the next class you have your eyes on? Um, I've told Antonio, who's uh, the lead instructor, that I can't do any more of these. And if I try to tell me not to, <laughs> um, I just need to do a C group. The biggest issue for me is uh, price at this point. So I'm saving for it. Um, but I want to do more of these. And I have to find a new class to do with people who aren't my close friends to be instructors. Maybe some more (laughs) dirt? Oh, God, I guess I have to. I've done Hmm. dirt like twice. Like John Oliver's Mystery School, Flat Track. There's a lot of cool stuff you can do. Rich Oliver. Rich Oliver. Yeah, Rich Oliver. Well, so the cool thing about this class was I really wanted to work on body positioning, and my body positioning improved so, so, so much in the span of that, like what eight hour class a little longer than that i got a question for you did seeing a picture of yourself doing those body movements made you like connect with it like okay that's that's how it works i was like oh my god i'm totally i understand what people are saying i'm getting my body off the bike i'm totally like getting the top half of my body i'm leaning over i'm pretending Mm. to kiss the the mirror i got it um and then uh, one of the instructors cameron took a picture of me and i was like what the fuck is that that's not me i'm yeah like straight with the bike there's no difference there isn't it weird like because it's gymnastics and you're thinking am i doing this right when you're on the bike because you can't see yourself but then you re- you see yourself 
in a photo, you're like, oh, fuck me. That's me. Well, and then like, I you know? um, saw the pictures. You get free pictures with a, d- a day on your final track session. They take um, professional pictures and you get them free with the class, um, which is really cool and not something you get with normal track days as well. Yeah. Um, and seeing those pictures, I was showing Charlie and he's like, oh, yeah, good job. And I was like, no, you don't understand. That was so hard. I did so well. I'm so proud. <laughs> like, look at this picture versus this. Oh, my God. I was really, really excited just like to be able to actually physically see that difference because i can feel the difference but like seeing it is like proof like look i did this i can do better feels good man yeah and you know if i could say it's a perfect time to give a shout out to z2 track days in general and antonio in particular (laughs) antonio is an absolute dear he has got unlimited patience um it's a, it's, a, it's a great experience. They've taken me from, like I said, I, when I just started, I was like, okay, I've done this. I drop my bike every time. I'm scared to ride. I'm not going to do motorcycles. They aren't for me. Um, and now they've taken me here to where I'm right. learning to like get my body off the bike and I'm getting closer and closer every class I take to getting a knee down and right. fun stuff like that. I, I'm super glad that you're seeing the, the learning curve for what it is, which is right. it's, it's long and it's difficult. It's a lifelong learning process, but I'm glad you're in do it because i think it's super rewarding absolutely it's like uh the mushrooms in mario every time i like level up (laughs) in fact i think i know what i think the next thing should be oh i'm excited you're gonna have to get some money saved up for this all right (gasps) but it may be worth it (laughs) no why don't you go take one of uh cat mcleod's tours lay on his games and then go on to a track in fact I talked to Kat earlier today. He's over in Italy with a group, and he gave us a report. We're going to hear it right here. Ciao, Kat. This is Kat McLeod. I'm calling you guys from Siena. It's evening right now. The moon is just rising above the cathedral. I'm down in the uh, the old fish marketplace uh, next to a trattoria. Uh, we just had a wonderful day doing the uh, Chianti region, touring around. Watched MotoGP uh, in a place called La Cantina has a nice wine cellar where we can uh, watch uh, MotoGP on the big screen. And right now, everyone is sitting down to dinner and drinking. Well, I think it's the best red wine in the world. And uh, right now, I'd hand the phone over to Enrico, but Enrico is stuck in traffic right now. His cab is stuck in traffic because the Contradas uh, are marching. Contradas are, that's what you call a neighborhood in Siena. And twice a year, the neighborhoods uh, compete against each other uh, in a big horse race in the center plaza, Plaza uh, Piazza del Campo. So, so far, the tour's, uh, tour's going really well. Um, I'm looking forward to getting to uh, Mugello in a couple of days and doing some track time. Uh, I won't spoil the MotoGP race uh, for anyone who hasn't watched it yet, but uh, boy, uh, some people are going to be angry at <laughs> one particular rider. <laughs> so, so you, 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 sh- you should watch it. <laughs> yeah, so how many people do you have on this tour? Uh, it was about 13 oh, uh, this time around. Uh, it's mostly couples. We've got two single guys, the rest are couples. And, uh, of course, they're loving it. Best, best uh, view of Tuscany, Umbria, Marche, Lazio. Hey, it's from the back of a motorcycle. But, hey, you guys know this. <laughs> two wheels is the best way to see the world. So what special uh, things do you have in store for them? On this trip, um, really, I, I'm looking forward to going back to uh, Bologna. We're going back to an older uh, restaurant we haven't been to in a while. A really good pasta and uh, tortellini 
is particularly good in Bologna. Uh, I'm also looking forward to seeing uh, what special riders Ducati brings out for us for the Ducati uh, ride experience there at Mugello. Uh, we've had uh, Michele Pira, we've had Marco Melandri, uh, we've had Carlos Checa. Uh, they always bring out some, some top stars to uh, show us their moves on the racetrack, and it's always kind of a special privilege to get passed by some of these guys. That is awesome. And can you remind our listeners how they can uh, follow along or maybe participate on one of these trips? Absolutely. Um, this is uh, Leod Escapes, L-E-O-D Escapes.com. If you're interested in seeing MotoGP or uh, doing a tour with track time, uh, but if you just want to see the great back roads of Italy and you're not really interested in MotoGP or the track, um, I'd recommend my partner's uh, company called Hear the Road, uh, HearTheRoad.com, and he offers great, uh, even even does uh, pr- private tours, does uh, custom tours for people in Italy because he knows the roads, he knows the restaurants, and wow, some of the hotels we get to stay at are some of our favorite of all the tours that we run, particularly here in Siena. Uh, Podero La Strega, run by La Ciccia. Uh, Podero La Strega means uh, the farm of the witch, and she's the witch, and she is awesome. Always makes us uh, home-cooked meals from her garden. You get the real flavor here of Italy with, uh, on that tour, that's for sure. You're making me hungry, and all I have is some uh, old spaghetti here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you really, after you've come here and you've, you've eaten food in Italy, it's really hard to go back to anything, quote, Italian food in the U.S. I mean, I'm a big fan of U.S. pizza, New York-style pizza. Oh, bring it. It's, it's its own special thing. But particularly pasta, and uh, Italy, serves, Italy serves a particularly good T-bone steak. That's uh, uh, Florentine, uh, Florence-style, Firenze-style. It's a big, giant T-bone, they, they, they usually done in a two-inch cut, and they, they cook it kind of rare, so it's, it's really tasty. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you for giving us a report from Italy. What's the, what's the weather like there? Actually, we were, it's supposed to be super hot today, but it's actually turned out to be really nice, and I am perfectly comfortable standing here in just, uh, just a shirt and pants, and uh, the weather was awesome today. So it's, it's been really good. Sometimes it gets a little bit warm, and it's really handy to have my Venom here uh, in the heat. But today, oh, it was gorgeous. And uh, what's the next trip? Uh, the next trip after this one for me will be Ring and the Italian Alps, which is my favorite tour, even though it's the toughest tour to run. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for giving us an update. Don't miss it. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Kat. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Ciao. So what do you think, Micah? You think you can handle that? Oh, I hope so. Hope so. so some some <laughs> Italian food and track time. Absolutely. Well, hey, That's... I'm going to Italy next week anyway. So. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, just with my mom and sister. We're going to Italy and Greece for huh. a couple weeks. Oh, wow. Oh, oh. that sounds oh. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> you should uh, hit up Kat and ask him for some uh, restaurant recommendations. Absolutely, I'll do that. He knows where the all the good stuff is. Mm-hmm. Hey. hey, hey, where's a meatball? Hey. Oh, and you. <laughs> and you might be able to meet Italian Spider-Man. No. How's that's it going, Doc? That's a worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, speaking of good food, we had some candy at the shop today. Oh? It was eye candy. Oh, yes. Emma, you brought a little uh, bike in for show and tell. Oh, I tell everyone so what, what you brought. Um, Before we get to this, like... 
Interestingly what? enough, this garage brings some dope motherfucking bikes to the scene. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, some really dope. Well, you know, bikes. it's anything. When you say this garage, you mean Emma. No, well, that's not true. No, I'm not the, whatever, I'm whatever, not the yeah. only one, but I do Mostly. have some. I have access to some pretty bitching bikes, <laughs> yeah. and I I like to drag them out every once in a while, and something a little bit different. So, um, 1989, mm-hmm. um, NC29, CB400RRRR, mm. um, Japanese domestic market. Mm. Yeah, with uh, very low miles. 1,500 miles. The same Kilometers. Branches. Actually, kilometers. Yeah. Yes, 1,500 clicks. So, uh, gosh, 900 miles. Yeah. Dude, uh, that's like barely... <laughs> oh, my God. So has it had its first oil change yet? Yes. <laughs> yes. Wait, has it had its first tire change yet? No. <laughs> it's still got the tires on yeah. it. So 30-year-old tires. Um, I'm looking at those things like, oh, those are the OEM patterns. Yes. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. So the first now, thing I noticed was the cracks. This yes. bike is, is beautiful. Right. Um, and I sat on it. And it's tiny. It's tiny. It's almost like 7-8 scale. However, I felt that the seat to handlebar position was actually a nice stretch for me, it felt perfect because right. I'm I'm big, and I felt that when I put my feet up onto the pegs, I just fit into the bike, and you 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 got it. What it's about? Like, well, I mean, that's you become whole, one with the bike. That's the hallmark of a bike like that. I mean, it's a homologation special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a race bike with lights on it, and the only reason Honda built that thing for the street is so they could actually race it. Um, but the bike was not designed for you. It was designed right. for a tiny little 100-pound um, young Japanese man or girl. So, like, w- what I love about that bike is if you look at the swing arm, it doesn't look like it's made in the 80s. No, it's gorgeous. It's, it looks way ahead of its time. Different. And, like, I like how, how proud they are about it, too, where it says gull arm, what? whatever, on the back of it. Casting. But, listen, I, if you trace the development of bikes, the 80s, to, certainly towards the eight, late 80s, it was just amazing just what was coming out yeah um what really started it was the jixas in 84 the slabbies Mm. and they changed everything the slabbies changed everything but if you could get on um a late 80s early 90s bike like rufus my rf 900 actually rides like a modern bike the brakes are modern the tires are modern. The chassis ergonomics are modern. The only thing that gives it away as being an old bike is it is a little heavy. Bikes have paint, gotten a paint lot. Paint job doesn't help either. The paint job <laughs> does not help. There's a lot of weight to paint on that bike. Mm-hmm. But in terms of feel, you know, it's a, it's a bit porky. It is a tuna boat. And so the CBR. Yes. How many of them are here in the States? That's the only one. Yeah, <laughs> it's the only one of that model. Yeah. We all took turns putting our balls on it. You uh, you offered me a ride, but I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Charlie this wrote it. Too, yeah, Charlie wrote did. it. I got a text from Charlie. I was at home, and he's like, "Come to the garage, look at this bike. I wrote it. <laughs> it's the only in the U.S. It's amazing." Yeah. Well, you know, awesome. all the power. The 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 thing is, you got to remember about this bike is it, it's a racing four hundred. Mm-hmm. There is no power. Right. Just none. So it's like up nine nine grand or eleven. Something? Eleven grand. Eleven, wow. 11 grand is the power band. Oh yeah, just, this thing revs to fourteen thousand RPM. Fourteen five, yeah. and it's yep. it's an across the frame four, but it's a gear driven cam. So there's no cam chain. 
It's gear driven? No, it's gear driven. Oh, shit. That's why the wine. Oh, Didn't you God, hear the right. wine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The RC, RC oh, it sounds then. so good. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize they did that with the NN4s. Oh, it was yeah. No, they, um, they, it was like a cassette. Yeah. So you pull the cam cover off mm-hmm. and you pull the cams out and there's like um, a three gear cassette yeah, that kind of unit drops in yeah. the top and then you slap the cams back in, off you go. It's an app, it's a pain to actually fit because the cam, uh, the gears are split and you've got to kind of load them, load the springs. Oh, they're like the, it's got the silencer gears next to the, yeah. the skinny ones? Yeah, yeah, so they don't clatter. Yeah. So you get that nice whine and not the clack, 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 mm-hmm. clack, 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 clack. Yeah, the um, RC has those, I think, too. Yeah, um, marvelous piece of engine. But as you say, it's way, it's everything mm. Honda knew about motorbikes in 1989. And that was actually quite a lot. Um, but it's carbureted, of course. Yeah. Um, I personally like big carbureted bikes. There's, <laughs> there's a creaminess to them. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, the way people kind of get all misty-eyed about vinyl versus cds it's kind of the same about carbureted and fuel injection bikes there's a there's a softness to carburetors i I like how like that i I tend to look at a bike like that a 400 inline (laughs) four 100 cc cylinders just going off and how tiny everything is and oh it's like a little like a jewel yeah. oh just imagine a four cylinder 250 yeah exactly right right like, or the, the inline six that's uh uh the rc one whatever that yeah they they the, the, the inline six and yeah. what you've got the mind-blowing thing about the rc6 is you know 1962 uh yeah isle of man tt guess who was riding it mike Hellwood, of course make the bike and People still talk about the noise yep. that thing made. I mean, there's, um, there's YouTube footage of it, and it's a screamer. Well, I wanted to thank you for bringing it in. Oh, no, you're welcome. That was quite a treat. And um, I might, I might have something interesting to bring next week as well for us to talk about. Something completely different. And now Just for something completely different. It, <laughs> in the words of um, Eric Idle, I think it was. Yes, or exactly. John Cleese. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. now for something completely different. Um, it's just going to be something completely the other end of the wheelhouse. Awesome. Well, thank you. And Oh, you're welcome. And I'm just going to use that as my segue. And now for something completely different. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to do a quick little segment. I, I always like to check the news, motorcycle oh, news, news, see what I find. And you know <laughs> I I, you know how a lot of people have been this doing this? So um, I think a lot of people have heard about the Florida man. Oh, God. News, right? Yeah. Florida man, and then you Google your birthday. Yeah, Google Florida man and your birthday. Can I? Something crazy comes up. Can I say something right now? Because we have listeners in Florida. Oh, I think they are well aware. They, uh, and I want to mm. make sure that nobody in Florida gets offended. Here's because in other are, parts oh, of the hold world, on, but hold California on. man I, no, is a no, thing. No, no, no. Well, I just want you to know. <laughs> I tried. I was typing in other states, <laughs> doing the same search. Nothing good came up. <laughs> I, I don't want any of our listeners you know, in Florida Monta- to be Mon- offended. If you search like Montana man or Maine man or California man, well, or California, I, I did, gotta, or Georgia man or Texas man, I tried them all. It's just dead sentence. It's it's okay. Like there's all these like just horrible things. You know why it's but okay? Florida man, it just delivers the gold. <laughs> Mike's from Florida. He's lived in Florida, so we can kind of talk shit about Florida. So I want to share with you. So I right. took it to the next Moral step, license. and I typed in Florida man motorcycle very good and a couple stories came up uh this first one was florida man asked cops for help starting motorcycle he'd stolen police say (laughs) and in this case this is uh clearwater florida uh he was 
the 30 year old man named raymond was pushing a bike and trying to get it started with no luck the cops came up and he asked if they could help give him a push to get the bike started when asked whose bike it was he said he borrowed it from his friend chad well a quick search of the the bike's owner discovered his wasn't chad and that the bike was missing and the man was arrested nice but i just love that he's like hey can you give me a push well done that man (laughs) uh cloud your judgment this one not so funny but only in florida Florida man riding motorcycle died after lightning strike shattered his helmet, I causing crash. That. Oh, oh I saw that. I and there's a that. picture of the helmet, which, by the way, I don't think they put the helmets through that test because it was a shattered helmet. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. it's wild. Uh, there's but, only so much you can protect for. <laughs> but how, like, horrible! Yeah. Dude, just riding down the freeway. Yep. And got hit by lightning. That sounds like Providence. Like, I'm going to get and, struck and by an, lightning. And an off-duty cop witnessed it. Wow. So, wow. So he, oh, wow. Many, when I first came to the States, literally when I was fresh off the boat, um, plane landed in Miami. And I got myself a car. I got a cheap car just from a Miami lot. And I drove <clears> across the States. Took... Gosh, how long? Six months to come across the States. And I vividly remember, I was going through Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And brilliant blue sky. And I looked in the rearview mirror of the car, and the sky was gunmetal. Yeah. Mm. And I didn't think anything of it. The next day, we were in Mississippi, and it came on the news. Mm -hmm. And the freeway that I was driving on... Freaking like 45 foot power boats sitting in the middle of the freeway yeah. because the storm was so bad. Mm. So the weather well, gets pretty it. wild over there. Well, yeah. and, and also, unfortunate, I also found two giraffes killed by lightning strikes at a park in uh, Florida. Oh, like geez. what the well, heck? Because well, it, lightning is yeah. going to ground, it's uh, gonna find the tallest thing. And Florida's a very flat state. Florida. So uh, I got another one for you. Yeah. Yes. This uh, headline reads, Nothing to see here, just a Florida man driving a motorcycle with his bare feet. And this is a man who's uh, topless, helmetless, shoeless, wearing nothing but shorts, reclined on his motorcycle with uh, his feet on the handlebars. Oh, is that the one, the dude on the bagger? That's how to fucking do it. Oh my God. Right? You know know what I call that guy? Legendary. (laughs) Good Lord. And And he's just cruising down the freeway. Some heroes don't wear capes. (laughs) Oh, Florida. Oh, Florida. But I think my favorite, because I also searched under Florida woman motorcycle. Oh, good. Is Florida woman a thing? Florida woman shaves legs while riding on motorcycle. Oh, nice. I've that one too. Yeah. And there's nice. a video of a woman shaving her legs. Well, to be fair, she's the passenger, not actually riding. Hey, if the patriot really? are we going to make us do here? it, why Because that, that is when you pull out your razor. It's when you're riding down the street on well, no motorcycle. it would be more impressive if she was the, riding the bike while shaving her legs. That's well, the New York the, pose that could be anywhere. The other dude could easily shave his legs while riding. Yeah. With his legs I up. think yeah. it would be more impressive if she was riding a bike and giving herself a Brazilian <laughs> that would be the most that impressive be, uh, of all. That would be impressive. And then, oof, this one is... I was going to say, oof is right. Oof. <laughs> when she pulls so, the strip off, the thing's going, ah! It's <laughs> wobbling. Getting, getting tank slappers. Wow! So this one is not Florida. Okay. Well, I actually... 
You know, I, I'm, I'm. I don't know where it is, but this was another interesting story. I just okay. want to share. Probably Florida. So the title here <laughs> is "Motorcyclist Claims Polite Vest Ruined His Life." Oh, this happened in England. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, oh, you guys hear about wait, this? Whole oh, what? What happened? Okay, okay. so here's. Well, can I give some backstory sure. here about this whole thing? So, um. I don't subscribe to this myself because I think you look like a total bellend oh. when you put one on. But yeah, there, there's a, yeah. a movement in England that you wear like a reflective vest and it's got a checkerboard on it. And instead of saying police on the back, it's an absolute replica of a police motorcycle <laughs> high-vis vest. Yeah. It says polite. polite. Oh. And the idea is you... Um, the idea is that you wear this bloody thing and because they, they think you're a policeman they don't give you a hard time now i've been on the good end of the rece- receiving end of this because if you remember when i had the pacific coast moby moby was a large fared white motorcycle and i know henry's experienced yep. this as well you were riding that thing down the road and it's like the parting of the red sea in front of you it's pretty <laughs> fucking awesome it's great yeah when i'm riding my uh, st like uh, theoretically 90 miles an hour in the far left lane wearing a white helmet people move the fuck out of my way right <laughs> so there is some substance to it but i just i couldn't reduce myself to wearing a dayglow green <laughs> vest with checkerboard on it with polite on the back. It's a bit too obvious. So there you go. There's so, the well, story. He, so here's the story. So he's wearing his polite vest. Yes. And he gets pulled over. Yes. Um, and the police officer I, I gives him a lecture, right? Are you impersonating <laughs> a copper? Made some notes and let him go. Yeah. No problem. Okay. But then he thought, well, he wanted to go file a complaint. The cop? No, the rider. The rider, oh. So he went in to file a complaint about being pulled over. He was not issued a ticket. Upon filing the complaint, they ish, they they charged him with uh, impersonating, impersonating a, cop. a cop. Wow. That what? was his mistake. They charged him. So then it went to court, and because it went to court, his insurance company dropped him. Wow. Right? And so then even though the magistrate... Um, did not find him guilty. It made the whole story made the paper. Right, and then his uh, his job fired him. Wow, and he got wow. a eviction notice from his landlord. What? <laughs> Wait a minute! This Fuck is, the system, this man! Fuck the system! Snowballed because. The guy, he was let go. He was but legal, then he decided, right. legal right to do that. But then he, t- he t- went to file a complaint and it there's, all went downhill. There's from there. to everybody. There's I mean, something fucky afoot. I was going to say, So though, this is why I said wearing a weird. polite vest ruined his life. No, wait. Like, to be fair. Get away with something like that? that like, that's leave it alone. To be fair, it wasn't just because he was wearing the polite vest from what I is, understood. Yeah, he, he, was wearing, he had an ex-cop BMW and he was wearing a white helmet. And the white helmet, the whole thing. So he looked exactly like a cop. There is a lesson we should learn from this, and is whether you approve of the police techniques or not, Mm. that's not the issue. The issue is cops don't like to be messed with, (laughs) same as any of us. So if you get pulled over and you don't get a ticket, wave goodbye and go on about your business. 
I think uh, my suspicion okay. is, I know Bagel, I'm sorry, but, mm. you know, it's, it's... I hear you. Principles have been won and lost on far less. I would just walk away and go about my yeah. business and just chalk it up to it, experience. It's not like the guy had a red light on the front of his bike. He's right. not, like, fully impersonating a cop. Like, it's, it's, a, well, it, you know. it's a thin... I remember many, many years ago, um, there was a very popular show on TV called The Sweeney. It's a great show. Um, it starred a guy called John um, John Thor, who became Inspector Morse. But this was a different kind of show. It's very gritty, and um, they were basically London coppers, plain clothes, and they used to go around and you're Nixon. And we haven't had our dinner, and we're the Sweeney, and you're nicked, and it was great. I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Well, anyway, so they were going around beating up criminals. It was great. <laughs> but there were these two guys wearing very, very dodgy 70s clothes, driving around in a big Ford. And it was a certain look. And a lot of people, after that show got put on, got... A ticket for impersonating the cops because they were driving these Ford Granadas and wearing exactly the same suits and behaving in such a way that, like, you're nicked, mate. And, um, so it's a, it's a very fine line, you know. British police take it quite yeah. seriously when you impersonate them. So it's yeah, definitely a different culture, but like it's a it's a America, hugely different culture. Yeah. So are you saying that their their mistake was that they were too polite and they should have had a vest that said "piss off" or something instead? I think so. <laughs> Well, I want to know what the police look like in Scotland. Oh, Jim, were they wearing kilts, darling? Uh, no, no kilts. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I away, Bobby. Jim, did you have any encounters with the Scottish police? No, I didn't. The only one that got my attention was a cutout of a Scottish policeman holding a radar gun oh, to like a telephone pole. That, that, like, that was really good. Oh, that stinks. Uh, we need no, to no, do that, that here. That's deal. great. No, it was actually pretty funny. So you haven't had a chance yet to share with everyone, but you went over to Scotland and you rented a motorcycle. And Which you, is your homeland. You, yeah, you, yeah. You got your clan. Been doing some So traveling. I'd love to hear about the bike you rode and the roads you went on uh okay yeah well it's nice to be back after greenwich mean time and asia pacific time and <laughs> yeah i know getting guns pointed at you and falling in primordial ooze <laughs> i said a normal weekend this weekend for the first time in a while I slept in and woke up and had coffee. Uh, yeah, so Scotland was cool. Um, I had made some plans with my cousin, who I see occasionally, who's Scottish, uh, to hook up for our birthday. And What's what's his name? Is it a Scottish-sounding name? No, David. David Watson, oh. though. It's a good, strong-ass uh, name. <laughs> what's him no, I'm trying it? to get my mic sorted out still. Okay. And does he call you wee man? <laughs> <laughs> no. No one does. Um no, but it was fun. Uh, so we had made some plans to hook up uh, for our birthday about six months ago. So we decided to meet up in Edinburgh. And uh, my lousy planning, I coincided with my son's graduation from high school. We're like back-to-back -back weekends. So anyway, I decided to go there a few days early uh, before all the family got there and everybody rallied and rent the motorbike. 
Yeah, so you have a lot of choices to choose. It's a lot, well, a lot of choices of BMWs to choose. I'll yeah, say. there you go. Yeah, so uh, um, yeah, so the the only place that really rented motorbikes over there was uh, BMW of Edinburgh. So what flavor twelve hundred? <laughs> I know, right? Um, well, first of all, sh- uh, shout out to Motorrad Central, which is the BMW dealership in Edinburgh. Super nice people. Yeah, that seemed really Super cool. Super legit shop. Uh, so big shout out to Kenny. Um, and the rest of the guys there, Martin, right? And uh, anyway, real cool. And yeah, so you had a choice of any brand new BMW. And the smart bike to pick is one of the GSAs, right? Like a 12 mm-hmm. GSA would be perfect. It's got a big windscreen and fairings protection and uh, all the electronics. Luggage. Luggage, heated grips, like everything you'd want to be riding through but the Scottish countryside. But that didn't plug your heart strings, did it? But no. Um, I got the uh, the exact opposite. I got a naked bike. So I went with the, uh, the R9T. Sexy. Which was really cool. Yeah, well, um, you know, the experience I wanted was something just kind of more open and raw as opposed to, you know, you get behind one of the GSAs and it feels like you're um, like in a spaceship. You know, there's mm-hmm. winds, there's just shit everywhere. And mm. as comfortable as that may be, um, I decided to go for something totally different. So the R9T was a 1200 uh, naked bike. Um I had originally gotten, so I'm, I asked about luggage. They're like, no, you can't get any luggage. <laughs> At one point, I'm like, you know, maybe a good idea to have GPS. So I'm like, hey, I'd like to get GPS. They're like, no, can't put GPS on it. I'm like, oh, that's fine. No big deal. Um, but in, in class. Heated grips? Uh, no. no. There was another thing. I'm like, yeah, about heated grips? No. Uh, but I had gotten a tank bag. Wait, whiskey throttle? No, so good, Not so even good, that. No cigar throttle? <laughs> Not even that. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, so anyway, it came with a tank bag originally because I'm, I'm like, oh, I'll just throw my phone or whatever in there. And the guy I got it from, Kenny's all like, hey, do you really want that tank bag? And I'm like, I don't know. I just thought it'd be nice to have like to throw a paper map in or something because I wasn't sure about coverage and whatnot. Mm. And uh, he's like, well, it's a pain in the ass to get off to put gas in. I'm like, really? Because I'm used to mine. It's just magnets, right? Well, yeah. this wasn't magnets. So this BMW tank bag was like strapped in with like all these different strap points and everything. Uh. And it was like a huge pain in the ass just to get it off to put fuel in it. So I was like, yep, don't need that. Uh, and the funny part was we had to get the special wrench just to take the seat off to get the, t- the tank bag off the bike like completely. What? Yeah, it's yes. You know, though. that sounds like a bit hokey because I remember back in the day we had tank bags like that. But what happened yeah. was you had the like almost this cage that went on the mm-hmm. on yeah. the tank. Clips mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. And then the bag zipped onto the top of that. So it was literally you put the cage on, it was a pain in the ass, and then you just unzip the bag and oh there's your filler cap. Right. It sounds like it just mm-hmm. left the zipper out and it's just this cage strap because it had two looping straps on the front. But anyway, yeah, well, whatever. So uh got some good advice advice you know the scots are, are very candid and it's pretty straightforward don't drop the bike and stay on the gas. stay on the left yeah. side of the road don't drop the bike stay on the left and then uh, and then over there the nozzle is green for unleaded gas yeah. so here it's diesel there mm-hmm. it's green so those are some things to be aware of and and i was asking him some questions he's like ah you'll be fine because i knew the 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 one guy who was gonna have problems did and it was a lawyer from new york of course who <laughs> knew everything didn't want to hear anything and ever crashing two bikes but really yeah. oh, man. but whatever like yeah we bring you another one that's the deal um so it was great. Got out of Edinburgh, which was kind of the only hard part, which is riding through a city on the wrong side of the road. Right. With no, it, it, no it, GPS, no map in the... No, no, no. Just trying it, to remember. Yeah, just, yeah. It is a beautiful city, though, isn't it? Edinburgh is amazing. Oh, yeah, it's God. A it's such, it is such a beautiful yeah, place. Yeah, and it's got a legit castle. You're like, so oh, castles yes. go, it's like, that's legit. And they fire a cannon. 
every day. Hmm. Just and to just to keep the Brits away. What's yes, going on? Exactly. <laughs> just to keep the Brits at bay. Exactly. And it keeps time for the ships. Yes. Is it like a T-shirt can? You get a free T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fucking huge. It probably weighs like four tons. So Scotland is known for its weather not behaving well. How did it behave for you? Uh, you know, not bad. I, so it, no matter what the forecast says, you're going to get wet at some point. And uh, like, as long as you go in knowing that and you go prepared, no big deal. But I got I got real lucky with the weather. So I headed north of, out of Edinburgh. And if you look at a map, I just, the first stop was a town called Pitlochry, which is uh, kind of the central highlands. And I uh, stopped there for a, a cuppa, a cuppa and a, a wee cracker or a wee biscuit. Um, like an what, old bar. What is a cuppa? Awesome. A cup of tea. Cup of tea. Ah. C-U-P-P-A. Yeah. A cuppa, darling. Good. But everything there just tastes better. It's like the tea tasted good. and the Did you have it with milk and sugar? Just milk. Yeah. Oh, just milk. No cream, but milk. Yeah, yeah okay. So, but anyway... Uh, Went up through there, north to a town called Nairn, which is on the Firth of Moray, and uh, also up in the highlands of Firth is like an inlet. Uh, but on the way over, I went over this thing called the Cairngorms, which is uh, mm-hmm. like a mountain range. They have ski slopes and shit like that there. Mm. And the roads were just so dramatic. It was like, you know, you're waiting for uh, like the Hobbit or something to come running out, like Bilbo Baggins, you know? <laughs> and there's towns like Aberfeldy and Aberdeenshire and all these places, <laughs> you know, it's pretty funny. Um, they totally sound Scottish. Oh, yeah, crazy. But, you know, the on the staying on the, the left side of the road, it kind of fucks with your head because anytime right. you find a groove, so the roads were in really good shape. Um, they were fairly well marked. A lot of them were very narrow. Um, so in some places they're single track, with, which is basically what they are. They're single track, and they have turnouts about every hundred to three hundred yards, depending on the depending on the visibility. So you actually see a car coming, one or the other pull over, um, and people are actually really good about it. Uh, but the roads were great. Uh, the weather was mixed. You know, windy this that and the other thing. Sheep everywhere. <laughs> and uh, I got, you know, I met a bunch of people just riding around. I met some Ger- German guys. I met some Swiss girls. And typically it was people sitting on the side of the road uh, taking pictures of things because it's right. that beautiful. Mm. Uh, so I went up over the mountains down into this little fishing village called Nairn. Uh, checked into my hotel and everything's, you know, pretty Spartan over there. You know, small but simple but, you know, but functioning. And how was the bike handling on the roads? So the bike was actually really cool. I'm glad I'm glad I went with it. Um, if I went again, I might get something different. But some things I like to think about. So I had plenty of power, the 1200. It wasn't pull your arms off torquey, but if you had to make passes or things like that, there was plenty of, of power to pull from. Uh, the wind just beat the shit out of me the whole time. You know, just mm-hmm. the naked bike, and it's windy right. there anyway. Yeah. Uh, it never got that cold. It was kind of like here in wintertime, so it wasn't from so that standpoint. Was the riding position like bolt upright, or is it kind of forward? It was upright. just a little bit forward. It was still okay. fairly standard but a little bit forward yeah yeah but the bike it handled great the suspension was good um you know it ate up the bumps it ate up the turns the other thing to think about and why i'm glad i didn't get a bigger bike is a lot of times you're stopping to take pictures or look at things or like hey i'm going to turn around and go back down that tiny little road yeah is getting your feet down easily on uneven rocky surfaces mm. and stuff like that yeah because there were a lot of times where like if i was on a little bit taller bike i'd right. be picking the thing up right now um so and then the bike. The other thing that was kind of neat is people were checking it out because a lot of the bikes there. There's so many adventure bikes there. Tigers, the BMWs, a lot of Japanese bikes too. Yeah. Uh, but not very many naked sporty bikes. So uh, you did. It was the only one I saw when I was out. So that was kind of cool. It was a conversation peeps and and people would turn their heads and it didn't have this really crazy exhaust note, but it was good enough. I was going down. Yeah, they got quite a nice little sort of. Yeah. Well, the satisfying moment when I was rolling down actually Loch Ness. 
Uh, they got a monster there, apparently. <laughs> and I'm bombing down. It's like this total Scottish scene of this old guy out on a boat, like fly fishing from the boat, and his twill hat on and stuff. And as I'm coming down the road, kind of ripping, all of a sudden he turns around, looks over his shoulder, and I was like, all right, cool. Got the, the fisher guy looking at me. <laughs> but um, That sounds like a commercial. Um, it was. It was like that. Was good. <clears throat> but, you know, I... I have an advice for uh, small piece of advice for anybody who's thinking about going out, and I think you might corroborate this with, with this, Jim. If you ride a motorcycle over there, especially if you're not in a group and you've never done it before, it's wild because riding on the wrong side of the road does mess with your head. Oh yeah, and being on a bike doesn't help you. So if you've got the wherewithal to do it, rent a car for a day or so. And the reason I say rent a car. It's a lot easier in a car because you know as long as this empty seat next to you is closest to the curb, as long as you use that as a yardstick, you can kind of get used to how you're going to be in intersections and where you're going to do. Once you've got that nailed, then jump on a bike. Yeah, because there's things you don't think about. Like like a lot of the roads are really narrow. Like some of the signage in the roads were like blind turn, picture of the road narrowing. Vehicles, oncoming traffic will be in the middle of the road, right? And then the speed limit's still forty, right? Yes, and all that kind of stuff. But then you'll wow. pull into a town with these really narrow streets, and they'll only park on one side of the street, right? And they'll be totally like aiming back and forth on the on the one side of the street. So if there's no other cars on the street, you go oh, for a minute. You're like, I have no fucking idea where I'm at. Exactly. I'm totally confused. And where it always catches people out is when you pull out from a one way street. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, and you're like, oh. Sh- Am I on the right side of the road? Yeah, oh, yeah. And if there's no one around, the one couple of, it only happened a couple of times because when you're engaged, you're you're pretty focused. But there was a couple of times where I'm in the middle of nowhere, and I went past a little street. And I'm like, turn around and just go adventuring down this little way, right? And you don't see anybody but sheep. Mm-hmm. And then you turn around, and it's a stupid scenic, so your mind's wandering and everything. And then you get back on the little bit mainer road, and you're just and I'm just cruising like do to do. And then I look up, and I'm like, I'm in wrong fucking lane, yeah, right? <laughs> and whoop, you get yeah. back over. But uh, but you know, you sort it out. You know, it's like everything. Just ride, ride how you feel and just, Yeah, exactly. And think about it. And, and, it's, it's, and the thing is, I just want to make it clear, it's not just Great Britain that does this. Mm-hmm. It's Japan. Mm-hmm. Whole of Japan. Yep. South Africa. I think China as well. Uh, no, uh, Hong Kong, I think, used to, but I think they might have switched. They, were, they switched um, to go with mainland China, but in, South yep. Africa's the same. Yep. Australia. Indian where everywhere, uh, everywhere where jousting was popular. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's New Zealand. Have reasons. you ever seen any of those Australian da- jousters? The wild. <laughs> well, you guys should have been at the rally last weekend. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but then you pull over a lot. Like, a lot of times you'll get in a roundabout about where you're going the wrong direction you're like ah, and then you're like ah, i'm just gonna bail here and pull over and look at the just map pretend and i'm taking a picture change your knickers oh yeah yeah not too many knicker changing moments but uh but yeah if you get you know if you get turned around you just pull over and you sort shit out and you get back on the road and the nice thing too is every little town is worth stopping at so um i was telling liza you know how you live to ride ride to eat so mm-hmm. my thing there was um well a don't drink and drive period at all like i you know you know me i'll have a pint when we're riding around here no big deal but if you're not familiar with where you're at especially on the wrong side of the road yeah, yeah. do not have no the cor- no you were on the correct side of the, the road, road. yeah <laughs> and they have very strict uh, drinking driving laws there too yeah. so don't mess with that um anyway i forgot what i was saying but you, you get a pie Get a what pie. eating? Oh, what oh, were you so eating? Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you do haggis, darling? Uh, I did. I had a, a chicken breast stuffed with haggis and a beautiful whiskey sauce. Mm. Yeah, oh, with, with parsnips. So, so what was your thing that you would get at? Each so my stop? thing was I'd find the bakery in town, oh. which was really nice because a lot of times you're you're you get tired quick because you're working hard on the bike um, and your brain's working a lot. Um, 
so when I came to town to fuel up, uh, as another something funny, but I would always try to find a bakery because right. like, that's kind of a nice thing because then you could get a, a, you know some tea if you wanted and a cookie or something like that, and it was a nice way to break it up. So it was actually kind of fun to go to eat all these little towns and find the bakery, and and they've all been there for like two hundred years. Oh yeah, you know, and I think the women have too. And can we can we talk a little bit about sausage rolls? And they're the most marvelous thing in the world. Yeah, so sausage, sausage roll. Is it like bao? No, 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 no. A sausage roll is a big fat pork sausage. And they usually serve cold, but you can have them warm as well. It's a big fat pork sausage. And then it's wrapped in puff pastry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's like so Brusha. It's the Dutch version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's, they're, they're just fantastic. Yeah. And if you get the munchies, and for those who get the munchies, I used to get them, but not. But for, if you have the munchies, there is no. No better tool yeah. oh, they for have conquering those. the munchies it's like a bagel dog. than sausage rolls. Like they have those dog. at the pretzel place at the exactly. mall. Yes, yep. I like that. Yes, any anything with a sausage baked in the middle, I'm in. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Or yeah. Scotch egg, if it comes which is a Scotch, in. a Scotch egg, the old hard-boiled egg covered oh, in sausage so meat. Good. Guys, oh, I haven't had yes. dinner oh, yeah. yet. Oh my god. <laughs> so all right, Jim. So anyway, do you, would you recommend others to go uh, ride a motorcycle through Scotland? Well, yeah, I would say just go ride a motorcycle anywhere. You know, okay, when you point. when you go, um, you know, you realize what a big world it is. And you know, I traveled by myself, which was really awesome. And uh, because you meet people so easily, and everywhere I went, you know, you know, I was into the day in the pub, you know, with some whiskey and some beer and, and a big meal—not a big meal, but a meal—and you could strike up conversations sure. so easily with people. And if you happen to wear a riding jacket out, so the only jacket I brought was my uh, my riding jacket, and you make riding buddies really quickly. I was in a pub in Edinburgh just for a, a wee drum before dinner, and the guy next to me with a little wire-haired terrier—they always have these wired-haired terriers—they're right. <laughs> so well behaved, yeah. yeah. And he had a Dionysi jacket on. And we struck up a conversation. Next thing you know, we start bullshitting for like 30 minutes. There is a caveat to this. I mean, if you are quite timid or you're very much keep to yourself person, the experience you have in Europe is going to be very much the same you have at home. If you're gregarious and you actually enjoy the company of other people, you're going to have a wild time. You're going to have a wonderful time. It does require a little bit of input because, you know, people in Scotland and Britain are a little bit reserved. You know, they're... Well, it's, it's funny. So I'm talking to this guy for like 30, 40 minutes. We're just talking about everything motorcycle. Right. Barry Sheen. And we're just... Anyways, it's really a lot of fun. And we were talking about an Indian dealer, I guess, in town was having a demo day the next day. Oh, very and, cool. Yeah, well, my cousin was running the marathon, so that was out for me. But as, as he's leaving, this guy next to next to us who'd been sitting there drinking the whole time just said something <laughs> motorbikey, And the guy's like, oh, you know, you should have said something. He goes... Because we were talking like for 45 minutes, and the guy was literally right next to us. And he goes... Oh, I, I didn't want to butt in. And then he starts going through pictures of motorcycle after motorcycle after motorcycle. After motorcycle and and that, that's ab- yeah. absolutely typical. So if you go, you know, go with an open mind and just say, look, I'm maybe going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to talk to strangers. Yeah, and take advice, and, and it's sure. so easy to talk to people. And do like I went to get a haircut; it was a highlight. This old ass <laughs> barber shop in a tough part of Edinburgh. So anyway, I would say yeah, go to Scotland because the scenery's great, the roads are really good, they're well marked, good food, good people. Um, yeah, I, I think it's awesome, and the fact that you know when you're traveling alone, and oftentimes you'll meet really fun, interesting people. But um, before you went on that trip, you were riding alone and you met somebody (laughs) not so friendly. 
Yeah, yeah. just yeah, and just you as haven't had a chance to share this story yet. God, I'm dying to hear this. <laughs> There's really not much to sh- to share. Well, you know, you know. So Jim and I, we've been looking on um, Google Satellite and seeing all these fire roads up in the hills. Oh, this and we're guy. like, we've been trying to find how, how do you get to those those roads? You could see them. Because there's tons of them. There's tons of them. But we have to be careful because some of them are in state parks. Right. And as Jim discovered, one of them turns out to be the back way up to Lockheed, which is a very highly secured area. Mm, that missile place. They don't. They make missiles, so they really mm-hmm. don't like anyone being anywhere I've nearby. Seen, uh, I've seen trucks like uh, like uh, box fans go up uh, Felton Empire with explosives inside with Lockheed markings on it Damn, oh i just wild man i went riding up the road to the gate the entrance and i just stopped and was waiting for everyone to catch up and a voice from nowhere said you need to leave <laughs> i was it, really it's, it's like what, <laughs> oh, huh? man. what? and because there's a, a box there and a security thing and you can get through this locked gate uh-huh and i'm like just looking around they're like you cannot be here you need to leave so someone was watching me on a wow. camera. Oh, were they being like that? Hidden camera. Yeah, hidden camera. So they do not like anyone here there. But Jim, you found a whole nother thing to be concerned about on you, one of these explore exploration rides. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this was Lockheed Martin. No. <laughs> so like Liza said, we've been trying to find some of these fire roads, and we've been fairly successful in our explorations. Mm-hmm. And I think as a result, we've gotten a slightly more bold. And we only got kind of <laughs> chased once <laughs> by men in a pickup. Yeah, and, we, good. and we have gotten a, a little secret lately that's allowed us a little better access to places. Yeah. That's, uh, if, if I could remind you, men in a pickup truck is how Easy Rider ended. Yeah, yeah. well. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, these guys have pickup trucks. They just don't run. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, like like Eliza said, Roy's checking stuff out. And I was coming down one of the mountain roads. Uh, and at the very end of it, we're connected to Highway 1. I had pulled over just to kind of chill for a bit. And I looked up, and I'm like, there was this old kind of a, an off-ramp heading off up on, onto the cliff, right? And there were some metal bollards in it, bollards like steel poles in the ground, but it was all super old asphalt. Yeah. Like, it's like a road that went somewhere at some point. Anyway, and it fell apart. Uh, so I'm like, I saw it earlier, so I went home, hopped on a dirt bike. I'm like, I'm going to go check this out. So I uh, went back up and went up, got, was able to squeeze past the bollards. So this is right along Highway 1. And as you kind of got up, um, you're on the mountain side of Highway 1, but you're looking over the ocean and the fields. It's right. stupid gorgeous. So the road kind of split a few ways. So I went the one way, it dead end, turned around, went this next way, and it went up into a farmer's field. And it was just really gorgeous. So, and you know, they usually have roads in the farmer field, like usually the border of the farm. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, yeah, and I'm not looking to be a jerk or make anybody mad. And I could see the farmhouse. It was probably like, you know, like 1,500 yards in the distance. It was far enough. And, um, so I'm like, I'll just cool the cruise down the road down the side. And so I go going bombing down the side, and it was a cover crop of like fava type beans, not fava, I don't know, sweet peas or something. Like brambly peas about three feet high. Yeah. So I go booking back into it. Next thing I know, there is no road, and it's just these super loose, like two foot f- farm furrows. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, <laughs> aiming down. So I got to turn around without falling over, and I'm all, making all this noise and like shit, <laughs> waiting for the farmers to come out, whatever. So anyway, I get out of there. 
go cruising down this other farm road a bit, turn around to go back down to Highway 1. And then there was a third path that I hadn't been on. I was like, oh, check that out. Yeah, The third path. Coming God. And it was just basically a footpath. But I'm like, oh, it's cool, whatever. So burp, start going down this thing. And burp, burp, burp. And then uh, come around this one little turn to the left. And this is kind of low bushes, maybe six foot high bushes. And come around a turn and I just stopped like dead in my tracks. And there's this crazy motherfucker with a shotgun kneeling like 20, I'd say 15, 20 yards in front of me. Um, kneeling like Davy fucking Crockett, like <laughs> like one knee aiming right at me. Wow! And I was like, "Fuck!" So I just put my hands up and and uh, oh oh shit is what I said because actually I got it on video. I had the GoPro going, which was pretty funny. <clears throat> so long story short, I just kind of stumbled back into somewhere I, I shouldn't have been, and uh, there was a dude with a shotgun right there. So I politely and I want to point out though when you want to be um, threatening. You are holding a shotgun across your chest, pointed into the sky, right? I'm, you're, I'm a threat. Don't mm-hmm. come around here. When you are expecting a threat, you have the shotgun pointed at whatever's coming at you. And if you are really expecting a threat, you're like this guy, crouched down with a shotgun. My down my low, guess is he probably he probably had a grow going. Oh, he had me dead oh, to yeah. rights too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was so yeah. Fucked. I mean, usually, certainly in the backwoods, that oh yeah, God, he's got oh, a grow yeah. going. God, yeah, I'm showing everyone a picture of, ah, that fuck. from Jim's GoPro. So anyway, yeah, so we had a brief conversation, and uh, I'm like, I don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> and uh, so funny part was, so I like. I'm like, holy fuck, this guy's actually mm-hmm. pointing a gun at me. So I'm like, I'm just going to turn around and I'm being real loud and deliberate. And I'm like, well, I don't want, don't want <laughs> nothing I want to do nothing with any of this. Nothing. And uh, yeah, really, this is not how I'm going out. I'm sorry, like shallow grave in a Brussels sprout field or some shit. <laughs> I would have had Dog be digging attack. me up in five oh months. God. You're like, uh, is where's the nearest gas station? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this the local Y? Where is this? Exactly. So um, yeah, so, uh, so I can't turn around where I'm at because it's a shitty spot. So I ended up just being like, hey, dude, I'm just going to back up from here. So like the whole whatever, 30 yards, 50 yards I'd ridden in, I just had to walk the bike backwards. And then uh, and the thing is, though, we've been asking some people that we know about (coughs) if they know of any good roads to access. And we've actually had, I'd say, a couple people at this point say, oh, I wouldn't do that. There's there's crazy people out there with guns like we've heard this. The hills have eyes. But I didn't really believe it. Not yeah. right there, like that close to Highway 1, that close to yeah. civilization. I was like, yeah, obviously I was I was taken aback. I know. But uh, yeah, no harm, no foul. I got the fuck yeah. out, though. I tell you what. Yeah. Can't say I blame you. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, Motorcycles are dangerous, knock. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Especially when you get shot off of them. <laughs> well, I think it's time to give away some free shit. Swag yeah. bag. Oh, but dang. What do you guys think about that? I think it's time for our Patreon prize pack. Yes, and this is, Again, this is a way that we thank all of our Patreon subscribers. And You're going to pick the name person I'll and pick I'll describe. So, um, Who every, incidentally every are the we, bestest. We just go through a, a lot of stuff that we have. Some is swag, some is products that we think are great to share. Knock. What's in the prize pack? So, this in, month? in this theme of like it is quote unquote riding season in certain parts of the world, or yeah. the United States, you're going to be out riding your motorcycle, and you're going to want to keep some kind of sort of maintenance. So, this is a heavily maintenance mm-hmm. upkeep uh, uh, prize pack. So, what <laughs> yeah. we got? We got a brake leader kit here. 
I love these motion pro. Yeah, this is like a oh, the motion pro? Oh, yeah. that's my motion pro. Yep. Uh, tire pressure gauge. Uh, nice. Chain brush. A Sealmate fork seal uh, cleaner. Oh yeah, that's that, really oh good yeah, stuff. handy that's dandy. Cool. That's, that's, got, that's got new out of the shit a couple of times, mm-hmm. hasn't it, Liza? Mm-hmm. And we got a little throttle cramp buster here. Mm-hmm. For it a those are that's mine. those are two yeah. really good ones there. I like yep. those. And then uh, we cut up a, a couple of uh, rags here to wipe your lenses and whatnot, and a big old can of chain lube. Yeah, uh, Silicone Pro Chain uh, chain lube uh, lubricant cleaner, whatever. That's a good Very good. And we're also going to throw hats. in some swag shirts from some oh. of our uh, contributors. Oh, one more story. One more thing. Uh, oh, yeah. And oh, for those yeah. who want to try different bikes, there's a $25 uh, gift card for uh, Twisted Road. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Bitchin'. Yeah. Very good. Red bike, and, get 25 um, bucks. Who's, who's that hat? What's the name on that oh, hat? Oh, yes. This is a, a Law Tigers hat. It's a black Law hat. Law Tigers. They're great. Covering your head. <laughs> so, well, uh, yeah, I like that. It's a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And I pulled a name out. Who is that name on that? This one. Is Jason Miodrag. Hey, 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 right Jason. on Jason. Congratulations, Congratulations. Congratulations well Jason, and thank you for being a sponsor on Patreon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you also get a I tire like gauge. It. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that tire gauge. Uh, so, lots of good stuff. This will hopefully um, help you just take care of your bike a little bit more. Cause yeah, Jason is awesome for choosing just to support us as a Patreon subscriber, and now you can prove you're awesome with all this swag. <laughs> just think of Emma's voice saying, Darling, have Darling. You your tire pressure. <laughs> yes, you should always. Check your tire pressures daily, darling. Exactly, darling. Uh, no, there's no excuse not to now. I need go. to check my tire pressure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to share something. This is just a dust boot. Dust boot. <laughs> this is just a little thing. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, last year when not we were up in Portland and we had the opportunity to go to Icon. Yes. And I grabbed some boots to try out that I. Never, I don't think I ever would have picked these for myself. They are a little feminine for your style. Feminine. Life, I, they, I feminine. think they are. They're no, they cute. they were your, they were your favorite color. Free. Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> perfect. No, I think that is quite a feminine boot, actually. Uh, I don't know. It looks totally like you're feminine, but okay. it looks like a space. Boot. It's European. So here's it's European. <laughs> European. Here's what I got. So these are from Icon. It's called the Joker WP. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that stands for. I think it's but and I now. got the brown leather. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of look like equestrian boots. Almost. Yeah, it's almost got that look. It's They're it's quite cute. a pale. It's quite a pale I'm brine. It. It's good looking though. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So I've been using them and I've been really enjoying them for a couple of reasons. One, they're comfortable even for like walking around in. Yeah. Um, they are pretty flexible, so they're not as mm. uh, as you know for real riding boots. Um, these are more like touring uh, mm. boots, you know. Right. Can I see but this? Uh, they've got the shin guard, the toe guard, the heel, the ankles are all pretty stiff there. But then the rest of it is flexible. Jimmy, leaving. Yeah, I'm going to take off. All right, yeah, thank I'm you. I'm going to bounce. Oh, yeah, no worries. All right, yeah, later. Check y'all later. See ya. Right. See, See you, Jim. Don't get shot. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Henry? So, Is that well, a guy's boot? Well, they I are men's boots. it's a unisex, So here's no? what I really like about them. And Henry, right. is unzip that boot. So the zipper is on the back of the boot, and it goes all the way down to the heel. And it's oh, like a, that and is so nice, what nice. this allows you to do, and then a flap comes out. So it's basically like a built-in shoehorn. It's a rear yeah. entry so it, boot. It's a rear entry boot. It lets you <laughs> slide your foot in really easily. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot slide of boots are stiff, and it's hard to like get your foot down in. Oh, right? All up in there. Um, 
but this one is really easy and comfortable to slide your foot in. And then when yeah. you zip it up, it the back kind of access uh, ramp, it folds up in and provides a little more protection on the back. It's, it's super convenient. And it is just the job for boot fetishists everywhere. <laughs> so here's the problem with these boots. I've only worn them a handful of times, and I already broke the zipper. Well, oh. is that because your feet are so big, darling? No, darling. <laughs> so um, here's what I discovered. It is using a number five zipper that is a plastic zipper oh, type that is common boom. on jackets. You might see the zipper on a windbreaker. Mm-hmm. The reason that they use it, it, these plastic zippers is they are waterproof. Plastic zippers are the devil, darling. But however... Well, it depends on the it, A few of the teeth popped off when oh. I was sliding my foot in. As they do. But here's the good news. Um, and this is kind of my, my tip. Rather than having to throw them away, I did a quick search and I found an industrial sewer, as I'm calling them. <laughs> <laughs> sewer. No, I did a search and I found here in Santa Cruz that uh, there's a guy in town who does sewing repairs on uh, like hiking equipment, right. backpacks, uh, stuff like that for outdoorsy stuff where you have right. sturdy oh, things, cool. right? Yes. And he also does motorcycle boots and he actually had pictures on does his he, website does of replacing zippers on oh, boots. Yeah. Hot tip, uh, go talk to a cobbler if you need your uh, leathers worked on because they know how to work with leather and then uh-huh. they'll sew stuff up with a nice shoe well, uh, stuff. It's great. In this case, I went and talked to him. I showed him the boot and he's like, oh, well, they used a number five plastic. They should have used a number eight sprung steel. And I'm like, uh, okay. And he started pulling stuff out of bins and showing me the zippers and uh, he let said... Let me show you my talent. Uh, 60 bucks to replace a zipper. So actually, you're and on I'm the like, right side great. of the ledger. And I might even bring the second boot in to have a better zipper put on. Hmm. So the point is there's a lot of resources that we don't often think about. And I know for Jim, he had boots he loved right. that he'd worn through the soles. And he found... Actually, you know, his, um, they were a little too thick on the sole. Yes. He had trouble, I think, uh, shifting. Right, right. But then he took them to a... I guess a cobbler right. yeah. who put uh, dirt biking a kind of thinner sole right. uh, soles on it and he loves them and even if you're wearing them out but you have boots you love you can often take them in and get them reconditioned rebuilt resold all things so just a reminder to people um, I assume too I could take a jacket to this guy it's any industrial sewing right. he'll do and I have a top tip Ooh, oh. what is it the top tip, the best way to lubricate a steel or brass zipper is simple candle wax. Just oh. get wait, just get one of those long candles and just rub it up and down the zipper. Nice. And the wax actually provides lubrication. And it's not yeah. messy. I mean, yeah. you know, you don't want to squirt WD-40 on there because your yeah. clothes are going to stink of it. Yeah, it'll soak into the leather. Right, exactly. And it's nasty business. But if you just buy, you know, a, a, the kind of candle that you'd stick in a candelabra mm-hmm. and rub it up and down the zip lubricates them perfectly no mess no fuss mm-hmm. yeah try a law get a rosemary rose scented candle make your meat feet smell nice exactly yeah <laughs> i can't imagine your feet smelling anything other than very nice bagel oh they smell um, like roses fyi if you do have like a race boot and if you have like an all pine stars brand they also have a, a cobbling service that uh, you could take your send your expensive motorcycle racing boot type boot and they could uh, put a new sole new zippers and new stuff on there for a little bit of a fee so if you got an Alpine Stars Alpine Stars brand, there's a there's a their offices in Torrance, California. If I don't have their number here, but you give them a call and they could uh, help you sort that out. 
Sweet. So there, I'm taking boots that I love that have a design flaw, and I'm going to make a better, and that way they're going to last a long time. Nice. So um, I think we have time to hit some emails. Emails! Got some good ones. I'm going to start with one here. Okay. From our friend Paul Kelly. Hi, Paul. Paul says, where can I find classic races at? Ooh. I would say the past. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, he says he'd love to see things like the old Isle of Man races, but he can't find them online. Yeah. And he doesn't want to spend the money to buy each channel just so he can watch the past races. <laughs> Emma, I'm contain sorry. yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is happening to you? Oh, Emma, get it together. What is oh, happening God, to you? Sorry. She's not responding to this email. All right. So She's classic- responding to the next one. Classic okay. race. <laughs> so he says, also, there are far more tracks that I like to see races from. Yes. Mm. This would be a great thing to watch with the kids for Father's Day. We never sit down, and I never have time to watch the great races. They love riding, especially when I take them out on the back roads behind our local Snohomish on the old CB350. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, he says, Snohomish is cool. Uh, this is off the record, so I'm not going to read it. But uh, he came down and visited us uh, a couple months ago, and he did a did oh, an cool. iron butt. And uh, yeah, anyway, I that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wants to know where to see races. Well, <clears throat> you know, YouTube is the obvious one, and I invite mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every single person who listens to our podcast to do a do a YouTube search on. Randy Mamola, 1985 San Marino Grand Prix. It is the greatest one. save in motorcycling. Bar none. Yeah, I don't care if it's 34 it. years old. Nobody I has think, ever um, saved a bike like I, that since. I think the point that he's making is it's hard to find complete it races. Is. You're going to find clips. So the only thing I know of, but you have to subscribe to it, yeah, is, is MotoGP. Well, and do they do classics? They do. They have all the races saved from back in the 90s or whenever yeah. know, Grand Prix was so the, and Grand Prix, Grand so how, so knock you have one of the memberships to the MotoGP online what, yeah. what's it cost um the whole thing is like 140 550 bucks for but how many people can share that oh you could have multiple people why well, no, uh, 140 150 for the season the whole season yeah mm-hmm. which is 18 races and everything but, in the backlog but that's the thing the backlog backlog and a lot of people don't realize that they have a backlog of races on there the complete races yeah so it's almost worth it just for that. Yeah. I mean, like, the thing is, is if you partner up with maybe, like, two other people, um, they have this thing where you could only, you know, have one person watch at a time Mm -hmm. or one account. But, like, if you are having a group of people to watch the races on your house on a Sunday or whenever you have it, it's it's a fun time. You can make a weekend out of it. But, you know? yeah, as for the rest, I don't know where you get yeah, coverage I, for, like, Isle of Man and stuff like that. I just that. do a Google search. Sometimes you get lucky and you find a torrent or mm-hmm. you find a, a, a... I know American Flat Track provides free races. You just got to sign up with an account, I think. Well, so. I'm just going to say, if, if you do find out, please let us know. Yeah, let us know. We don't know. I'm just... Yeah, so, hey, Knock, you want to read the next email? I think Emma's <laughs> going to read it because she's losing her, Emma, her she's shit. Emma, she's losing her shit reading it. <laughs> okay. okay. Hey, guys. I'm the guy that found Knock annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, right. which one? <laughs> That's right. in, in brackets. I know that doesn't narrow it down to a small pool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's starting to grow on me. Oh, you're oh. in there, Knock. Like a wart. <laughs> <laughs> like herpes. Reason for my message is, um, I recently bought a 2008 Suzuki M50 Boulevardier. Mm-hmm. Um, 42,000 clicks on the clock, uh, totally stock and runs great. Okay, that's a good bike. I'm very fond of the old 800 Boulevards, Mm -hmm. and they're the oldest of a lot. 
they predate even the little savage um i currently ride it only on weekends as i have a company car mm. however i wonder if he's got a holden do you have a holden mm. darling or a ford fairlane or something whatever they drive out there <laughs> so anyway i'm looking at changing jobs and will no longer have a company car okay mm. so i'm curious is there anything i should know about the boulevardier before mm -hmm. i start commuting on it daily um my commute will be about 150 clicks each day round trip so 75 yeah, that's about close to 100 miles 100 miles <clears throat> every day um, working miles. on average three days a week well actually that isn't a bad commute um is this a belt drive no shaft oh shaft oh i'm just concerned that with over forty thousand on the clock some stories i've heard about the suzuki that i'm going to rack up case quick and in turn be up for a rebuild soon hmm. mm. other than regular oil changes and maintenance is there anything i need to do to help with longevity is it unrealistic to think I can get 100k out of this engine if I look after it? No, darling, you can. You totally get it. I've heard oh, yeah. missed reviews, granted mostly off morons on the internet. Big V-twin engine. It's actually liquid-cooled, even though it looks air-cooled. It's got a nice, snug little radiator on the front. Look, mm -hmm. oil is everything. Oh, so yeah. Oil yeah. is everything. Yep. I don't see a problem if you maintain the oil fastidiously. Mm -hmm. And I mean fastidiously. Are you talking 6,000, 3,000? Oh, 3,000. Okay. If you yeah. want to do the miles on it, use genuine oil filters. Buy your oil filters from Suzuki. Guess what? They're cheaper than K&N's. Mm -hmm. Buy genuine oils. <laughs> yes, I know you had bad problems, darling. Um, buy genuine oil filters. Use really, really good quality oil. Um, keep on top of the coolant. Yeah, definitely it, the coolant because uh, yeah, water pumps tend to go. Yeah, everybody. Uh, you're so. gonna do fine, and just remember, it's a carbureted bike. Yeah. So watch your fuel as well. If you've got, um, if you constantly run the fuel level low, if you're constantly going on reserve, all the crap and yak that's in your tank is gonna get sucked into do your they, carbs. Do they have to worry about ethanol in Australia? I don't. I really don't know. Well, yeah. and I'm going to throw one more thing out. Yes. Because when you're taking a bike like this, a cruiser, and it's going to be a commuter, you want to make sure your brakes are working top. Right. And something with 40,000 miles that some people often overlook is flushing out the brake fluid. Exactly. It's, this is a very simple bike, and this is why I made a point of saying that the M50 was one of the first boulevards. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, it goes back to before they were called boulevards. It's actually an intruder. Right. It's a VS800 stop sniggering knock. That wasn't uh, me. <laughs> who was it? Who sniggered? Henry. Was that you, Henry? I think he was he playing was, the he anal playing, game. Yeah, he's he playing, playing the anal game. anal game. I knew uh -huh. it. That's that what's going that on. That is remarkably juvenile. The Just anal intruder. I said intruder. <laughs> That's the first thing that popped into my head when I you said that. Of course it did, you dirty boy. Well. You are, so anyway, so um, the Intruder was one of the first. came in two flavors. came in 800cc flavor, which is a, actually a very good bike. 1400cc flavor, which is yep. actually not such a good bike, but they do make good these, power. These are the ones that came with the drag bars. Yes. I, I actually like uh, the look of this bike. They are a great it's looking a good bike. Looking bike. Um, my dude, uh, budget tires too, because and keep an eye on them. Because if you are going right long ways, but it's know. very simple bike. It's it's like I say, it's, it's liquid cooled. It's a big V twin. It's got automatic cam chain tensioners. Um, oh, nice. 
which are great. Of course. You do have to set valve clearances, so especially in a hot country, the, you need the, to keep your eye on that. Are they uh, shimmer Do you know? No, it's it's screws. Oh, perfect. So it's That's easy. easy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what else? Shaft drive, of course. It's mm-hmm. got a drum rear brake, okay. so rear shoes last forever. So keep on top of the front pads. I think it's an admirable commuter, Wait, and I'll tell these? you what, it's comfortable as all hell. Are these the ones where you have to drop the motor to change the spark plugs? No. Okay. No. That bike lives in your imagination, Henry. Okay. okay. I'd say the only thing, these don't have the too big of a tank on them. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a smaller tank, yeah. but you know what? Good looking bike, but like you said, pretty bulletproof. And here, I think we all agree the number one thing change the oil more often than less right and that is oh, what's yeah. going to give you the longevity i mean truthfully oil is cheap insurance mm-hmm. for your engine it really is anyway i'm coming so he says thanks in advance guys p.s oh in relation to you talking about australians recently oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah mate go ahead here in australia nobody actually says truth or Cobba, or anything like that. <laughs> that was that knock. That was knock. She told me that's what they said. I yes. was going to say, man. <laughs> we just call our mates cunts and laugh about it. <laughs> Daddy cunts. Cheers, cunts. And this is from Helmut Schicklebottom. Which is, is, is Australian. Hey, Helmut. Word, cheers, cunt. Different than American. Yes. <laughs> wow. So, um, fucking cunt. So, thank, yes. Thank you for that knock. Um, so thank you, Helmut. No, I think your uh, your uh, intruder is an admirable machine to commute on. Enjoy every minute of it, mate. I'm into it. And try not to try not to run over any wombat. No, it's a boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> it's a boulevardier. Same thing, mate. All right, I think we got time for one more bagel. What do you have there? I have an email from Gwyn Williams titled "Hello Champions." Hello, Hello. Gwyn. Well, now Hi, you know Gwyn. how to butter us up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, yeah. all ass kissy and good stuff like oh, that. Here we go. And uh, Gwyn writes, "Hey, misfits, love the show, guys. Been a listener for a while now." Oh, more compliments. He's right. sorry, ass kissy. But a first time writer. <laughs> I travel a bit with work, so your company is appreciated on some long solo drives in Australia. Good day, oh, mate. Good day. That's what they say, you know. <laughs> Outside of Miss Emma's cackle, nothing makes me piss my pants more than hearing you guys reading out the punter's emails in the accents of the writer. Hey, <laughs> You all Australian accents way better than mine. Oh my god, that's an actual accent. <laughs> Even though I live in Oz now, I'm actually from Wales. Oh, look you! Oh, oh boy, oh! So, so think Spike from the movie of Notting Hill. Oi! <laughs> New girl at school called Pandora. Never got to see a box though. No, <laughs> no, he's well, from man. oh, he's from Wales. Look you! I never met a sheep I didn't like. Well, man. Did you take the car? Die. Oh, yes, I took precautions of marrying the ugliest woman in Wales, look you. Anyway, anyway carry wow. on. That was not English. Anyway, <laughs> he's right. I ride a CB500X. That's a good bike. Mainly because nice. Wel- Welsh blokes, yes, I am a bloke, even though my name is Gwyn, mainly because we all have a hobbit-like body composition of short legs and longer arms. <laughs> Try not to confuse hobbit with a chimpanzee, so great reaching the ground can be a challenge on some bikes. 
But I love the bike. Great fun to ride. But um, I've done a bit on my bike, mainly non-mechanical stuff. Change muffler, pegs, screens, initial heat, install heated grips. Fuck knows why I did that when I live in Australia. It's winter here now, and it's 23 degrees Celsius or 75 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit here today. Yeah. But anyway, I felt I was doing something. But I do like the thought of doing some mechanical stuff. Okay. I trolled through some videos, but have come to the conclusion that it will be easier for me to brew my own beer than use the money I saved to pay a bike mechanic who has significantly less chance of fucking it up than me. Okay. <laughs> the heated grips have worked well, though, since I installed them two years ago, the one time I needed to use them. <laughs> I'm just a fellow who enjoys life and enjoys the ride. Your show gives me much joy. Keep up the awesome work. And we, the listeners, appreciate it takes a lot of work to produce content on such a regular basis. I'm heading back to the U.S. next year in the San Francisco area, so, hey. so hopefully I'll call into the garage. You Is that a threat? <laughs> I hope it's a promise. <laughs> uh, you seem like a great bunch of people, so I'm sure the kids will be fine with you for the afternoon while I go out to a pub. You got him fooled, Emma. <laughs> you got him fooled! <laughs> he finishes saying, this was an email about nothing, really. I just wanted to put a smile on your faces. Oh, <laughs> like, you did, boy Like you guys do to so many of us. Ride well, ride often. <laughs> Cheers, Gwyn. Oh, thank you, Gwyn. Thank you, Gwyn. And if you ever want to study a Welshman, yeah. if you regard the writings of Dylan Thomas as an instruction manual, mm. so yeah, it's barking mad, the lot of them. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> barking mad. So, to his question, uh, worth it to learn how to do it? Or I don't know. Just... You know, it's funny. What's I, he doing, though? Like, I man, think about what he's doing, right? I think about my brother, and my brother's never really, my brother <laughs> loves motorcycles. He rides 650 Bandit like an absolute friggin' demon. Mm. But he's never really made the leap to be comfortable working on it. And he'd rather pay, pay someone to mm. do it. Because um, he says, look, I'm a lawyer. Um, yeah, he's got, I, his time is worth something. I can make yeah. X amount of dollars being a lawyer. And so, to me, it makes far more sense to pay a mechanic and, you know, that's his wheelhouse and it's not mine and if he messes up my bike i'm completely equipped to sue him mercilessly so um you know it's not for everyone i love the idea of people working on their own bikes because it gives you a better knowledge of your bike mm -hmm. but i'm also aware that it's it's a leap of faith that not everyone is willing to take and if you think about the people who come down the misfits there's a lot of people who come down here and you can just say, do this, do this, do this, let them go with it. But there's a couple who require constant supervision. And if you don't have misfits in your life, you know, it's, it's, you've, got, you've got a default to being safe. And if you simply haven't got the confidence to work on your bike and keep yourself safe, pay somebody else to do it. I have to say, decent motorbike mechanics are definitely getting thin on the ground now. Yeah. Though. You're yeah. not less of a rider for doing that. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But, but if, if, if he wants to get into some <clears throat> sort of mechanical stuff, maybe start with just regular maintenance, right. like oil change. Exactly. You know, just whatever you do, Gwyn, don't ever buy a scooter. Oh, God. <laughs> don't I mean, ever I'll, buy a I'll scooter. I'll say this, though. As a motorcyclist, it's good to know some of the real basic stuff. Like oh, yeah. Chain, Tire pressure, you know, uh, throttle adjustment, uh, clutch adjustment. That's like, you know, small stuff that you can learn that can save your life. Known uh, what to look for when you the, do a once over of your bike. The sad reality is if you get on your bike 
and the oil level's correct and the oil's fairly fresh and the tyre pressures are correct and your brake pads are up and your chains are looped and adjusted correctly, your bike is maintained in the top 10 percentile of bikes on the road in America. Yep. Mm. Yeah. I know that my oil is correct today. You did so <laughs> well with that. <laughs> yeah, I had an oil leak in my KTM. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? You, oh, just real quick. We're, yeah, we're you, wrapping up, but um, yeah. I had an stripper. oil leak because I had recently changed the oil <clears throat> and on that bike, it's got three different filters on two sides of the bike. It's quite oh, yeah. uh, quite a lot to take it's stuff out. European. Um, oh, it wouldn't be like that if it was designed in Wales, you know. But <laughs> There was one of the covers where <clears throat> one of those uh, the supply lines, the hose, comes in. High and pressure. I, yeah, and I stuck a wrench on this bolt, and it I, I knew that feeling. It felt janky. It felt like a bolt that's not getting tighter yeah. as you're turning it. And I'm like, Emma, what does this feel like? Uh, and she's like, yeah. We pulled it out, and all the threads came out with like it. Like a spring. Like a spring. So I went up and got a helicoil set, and I drilled it out. Threw the heel coil in, cool. tighten it up, no leak. Sent Henry out on a yeah, ride. Yeah, I was gonna say. So <laughs> before, before Henry's I, like, "Can I borrow a bike?" Uh, sure. So that before one. <laughs> I started my uh, before I started my Gucci and took it on my test ride, I realized I forgot my fucking keys yeah. in Scotts Valley. Oh, so man. rather than take my truck and go through Santa Cruz traffic, which is awful right now, yeah, yeah. it's um, UCSC grad weekend. Yeah, exactly. So 17, 17 was just back all the way up I was just like hey how about I take a, one of Liza's bikes and just go grab them <laughs> real quick and she pointed towards the KTM and it's like okay you're the, t- you're the guinea pig the so, most uh, powerful by the way twitchiest bike how, how'd you like it yeah how'd yeah. you like it it was good <laughs> Was, wait, 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 what? All right, to, all right, I didn't take it too because I, I felt what you talked about, what you were talking it's about. It's twitchy is, when the clutch is cold. It's very, very twitchy. Like, I'm pretty, I can be really steady on the throttle, mm-hmm. and I was, and even then, it was just like, it was just like yeah. lurching back and forth. Kind of it, it warms issue. up a couple blocks away, and then it, it's fine. But <laughs> here's, a, here's a double header. I've got another top tip. Yeah. What we were dealing with on the KTM were actually the crankcase halves. Mm -hmm. So if you find yourself in that position, don't mess around with a cheap Chinese drill or cheap Chinese taps. Mm -hmm. Buy the good Mm -hmm. stuff. Because if you break off a tap or a drill in a crankcase half, you are entering a world of hurt. The only only thing you will will be heading towards is heartache and pain. So buy the good stuff. Liza bought a genuine helicoil kit. Mm -hmm. And you know, helicoil have been around forever. They make a great quality product. Yeah, <laughs> so it worked. Um, and, no, and you were quick. Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I just followed the instructions. But um, Henry, I did tell you as you were leaving, just ride it like you don't own it and it's mine. And I did. And you did. So I appreciate that. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. um, kind of disappointed t- in you, Henry. Well, I wasn't going to... I mean, I let it kind of go right. when it was there okay. You, there it is. But there it is. I didn't... Okay, I didn't break 100 with it, if that makes you <laughs> happy. <laughs> It is. <laughs> but, but did you but did you pull a wheelie on it though? <laughs> no, no, no well, I did test out the braking a little bit just to see where I was going. It, it is a it is a fun bike. It, it fun. is a very capable bike. It was exactly. It was extremely stable. It was easy to put into a corner, and it held it and held a line just fine. The brakes were great on it, although your rear has no feel to it at all. Like I didn't even feel like I was. Uh, 
it didn't feel like it was even working at all. Hmm, okay. Hmm. And well, it's it's a very very common problem on those bikes. You like the oh, brake field, uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, the back wheel's locked up. Well, you the, know, it's, it's, it's the rear wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that you wrote it responsibly, and I I knew that. And it's oil tight. Uh, yeah, it but is. now thank you. It came back yeah. Yeah, I kept on, with no leaks. So and every good. stop, I looked down like, oh, is it leaking oil or anything like that? No, I know it didn't because the uh, bash plate that is underneath it, I took it in and put it into the parts cleaner, cleaned it oh, up, okay. scrubbed it really good. So I would know if there was any leak at all in That's there. Smart. So it wasn't at all. Um, so yeah, congratulations on getting your bike back together. Yeah, man. It's fucking cool. Um, Mike next weekend is going to be going Yo, down monkey. to Born Free. Yeah, he's become oh. something of a regular hey, down that's there. Where I, that's yeah. where I'm from. At Born Free? Or Orange County. Oh. Yeah. Oh, the OC, I so think is the I correct term. So I just wanted to just put a message out. If there's anyone going to Born Free, look for Mikey three time and just go up to him and say, hey, you're an idiot. Exactly. <laughs> or um, throw a rotten tomato at him. And he'll, no. he'll, he'll know that it came You know from what me. the secret word is? <laughs> Don't look at me when I'm inside. Ooh, yes. That's right. We should give him some Snickers Oh, that's right. No, what we can do is <laughs> yes. if anybody goes up to Mike and says, don't look at me when I'm inside of you. You know, in the, <laughs> what we'll do, get the details, and we're going to send you a really nice price package. What? Yeah. No. Yes. I don't have more stuff to give away. What yeah. are you talking about? Oh, no. Tell it, you what, Mikey won't hit you. Go up to Mikey, say, don't look at me when I'm inside of you, and he won't hit you. That's your price. <laughs> How, How about, about that? How about we send them all the, send them all the spare bolts that are left over in the garage? <laughs> <laughs> The motor go- genuine motor goosey bolts that are left over. You're a, you are a really good mechanic because you save so much weight with all these bolts. I like to, when I'm working on my ST and I'm missing a few bolts, I like to say I'm better than the Japanese engineers who designed this. Yes. Look at all the parts left over. I'm more efficient. Well, okay. Yeah. Superior engineering. So, um, thank you everyone for sending in the emails. Keep yeah. them coming. And hey, yeah, to those who have never written before, like we that's the last email that we got who's listened for a while, first time writer. Like write write us your first email. It'd be cool to hear. It's cool. Yeah, Just write and, in and, and say Knock sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely write in and say Knock sucks. Tell us sucks. what you think of Knock. That's if, what we want to hear. If you write Knock <laughs> sucks in the title, we'll guarantee to read it. And I will just throw out a little hint of something coming in the future mm. that we are doing today. I will just say I did bust out the whole One Piece Evil Knievel suit. Oh, yes, you did. Oh, yeah. And, and you, there you, was a camera here. And you poofed up your hair. No, not specifically. Yes, this you is, did. This is my bed hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just it just does that. Just extra poofy today. But uh, I'm just gonna say we had a little photo shoot yes, going we on, did. Mm-hmm. and uh, something coming up in the future that uh, I think. Yeah. yeah, I'll be doing a robot dance say, in the background. But yeah, 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 you know, there's a lot of stuff going on this year. Let's just say there's a lot of stuff going on this year yeah. with the garage, motorcycles, and misfits. We really appreciate the people who are noticing and acknowledging and recognizing us. It's really pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's all right, man. All right. It's all right. Well, I think it's time to get over because Knock needs to go home and poop. Yeah, he, again. He, no, <laughs> while, while adjusting his valves. While adjusting his valves. <laughs> you know, yes, porta potty, rolly stool. There you go. 
Dude. Like those little bags that they have on the horses that are, you know, right next to the butts oh, of the carriages. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Just wear a diaper. Just keep working. Oh, this yeah, is going downhill go. fast. Downhill. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We Terrible. appreciate it. We're we're working on more guests. we got more things coming up. we got some more guests flying in mm-hmm. soon. Oh, yeah. Things to come. And uh, I know we got Moto America coming next month. Yep. Mm. Yes. So there's a lot to be excited about. So on that note, I think we're ready to get out of here. Thanks again, everyone. This is Liza. Bagel. If you hold on for one more day. (laughs) This is why they hate you. (laughs) It's Emma Darling. Micah. Henry. And we're out of here. Cool, cool. Cool.